Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and why we call a single bed a twin bed. Uh, my name is Michael Basinger. With me are Old Gungaloo himself, Brad Polly, hey. Matt Polly, hey and together we are the Inglorious Pastors. Why? Why, we, why do we park in a driveway and drive in a parkway, Michael? These I don't are the questions the that twin, keep me up. The at twin night. bed. What's the deal? What's the deal with yeah, twin, twin bed? What? I mean, that's, it is a good question. I don't. I, everything I read on I did actually Google this because <laughs> I was curious. Everything I read was like it's part of a set. I don't have a fucking second twin bed. Where the fuck is it? I, I wonder off. if they did back in the fifties when, like, you know, Before Christian couples, sex. Christian couples wouldn't sleep in the same bed because yeah. of Jesus. Well, the fucking Brady bunch wouldn't sleep in the same bed. How fucking weird! What a dumb, prudish culture we live in. Does Michael need a cigarette? <laughs> Thanks, Tio. Um, yeah, uh, we don't have any announcements. Um, we're back, bitches. We we're gone for a week, and now we're back. I'm excited. I'm all, I'm all fired. I'm all wound up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We Brad's on one. I'm on it. Hey, hey Tio, can you hear us okay? <laughs> Our one guy listening. <laughs> What are we drinking? What do you got? Um, I, Kurt, Brad and I are currently having... Uh, <laughs> you called me Kurt. No. <laughs> yeah, Br- Kurt. <laughs> Kurt and I are having... Uh, <laughs> are having uh, anger. Imagine they're, being uh, named Kurt. They're, <laughs> they're, they're Dunkel. Uh, Anger. God you damn it, at, shut up. How do you look at a baby Come and on. go, yeah, it's Kurt. A Kurt. <laughs> God. That's... Which is worse, Kurt or Kirk? Kirk. <laughs> Kirk. I don't know any. I don't know any people named Kirk. Kirk Kirk Street. Oh well. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess I, <laughs> we're short for Kirkley. I know a, a twins, Kurt and Kyle, both with K. <laughs> I just don't understand naming your kid Kurt. I don't know. It worked. It worked for Cobain until I he guess. blew his head off. Well, until Courtney no, shot. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> um, anyway, for the fifth time, we're having Anger, uh, their Dunkel. Anger. Like you trying to say, say my Anger. last name. Anger. Uh, and then later on in the that, interview, that had, German beer is ridiculous. Is that the, ridiculous. The, yeah, I had that one. Michael and I had the, from Great Lakes Brewing Company, one of our, kind of one of our favorites, uh, their Lemon Hefe Weizen, which is really fun. Oh, it is really delicious. delicious. Yeah, I don't even good. know what I had. You had the I gin barrel. Oh, the can go? I don't know. Did you put it in the kitchen? Did I you don't, throw it away? Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. shit. Was it citrus? Citrus. Yeah, so the it's like a, it's a... Sounds s- like a bank. It's a... Well, I mean, they're called Taxman, so all their... Uh, okay. You never notice that, like, all of their stuff is, like, financial I didn't terms. I it was Taxman. Yeah. Uh, it was... Uh, it's a Saison with lemon and aged in gin barrels. Yeah. So... It's good. Wait, did he just walk in with, like, three boxes a of drumsticks? Drum yeah. Drumsticks, big hit in my house. Good luck getting those in the freezer. God, those are good. Just take them out of the box, Lenny. They take up less space. Um, <laughs> and I'm also drinking West Fork Whiskey's um, Mint Condition Ready to Drink Cocktail. What do you think of that? It's delicious. It is good. Yeah, it's very good. That's the name of our episode. Can yeah, I throw away this coleslaw? coleslaw. <laughs> this weekend, uh, cleaning out the, the freezer segment. <laughs> 
<laughs> why do you have coleslaw? In yeah, why do you have coleslaw in the, in the freezer? freezer? You've met my wife, right? <laughs> In bags. She's going to eat it later as ice. <laughs> Frozen in bags. Yeah. I like my coleslaw extra crisp. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to break off a hunk with a sledgehammer and sort of gnaw on it for a couple oh, hours. God, yeah, throw that away. Good Lord. Huh? Oh, what is what? that? That is not oh, right. That's coleslaw. Coleslaw? What the hell's on top of no. it? No. That's coleslaw flavored ice cream. Oh, God, get that out of Dude. here. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> when Beth listens to this later, she's going, where's my, my fucking coleslaw? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, and uh, this round is on Tammy Barnes. Hey. AKA, I've recently been calling her Tamara, so I don't know why. What? I, <laughs> what? This feels like the long form of her name. I mean, for some people, Tamara? I think it is. But yeah. uh, Tammy is an only child born in Manassas, Virginia. And raised by her mother. Is that where Bull Run is? Manassas? There was a two, Civil ba- War battle two in Manassas. A couple, yeah. First and second <sighs> battle of Bull Run. She was raised was by Bull her- Run in Manassas? I think so. Yeah. I thought Manassas was Manassas. I don't know. Was there a battle of Manassas? Yeah, I'm pretty I sure it's so. Bull Run. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah. Um, she was raised by her mother, her grandmother, the, the and South her... will rise again. No, stop. <laughs> Fuck you. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Time out. I'm going to mute your mic. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> her mother, her grandmother, and her great grandmother. At twenty two, she yeah, joined so at Manassas. Good. Can we quit talking about Manassas? God damn it! At twenty two, so this is the guy who played a two hey. minute, two minute Beach Boy song hey, in the future. This is way. for the fans. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is for the fans. About um, fucking going bald or some shit. <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, at 22, she joined the army and never looked back. Uh, she was a combat medic huh. and X-ray tech. How the uh, fuck did I not know that? I didn't I know, know that either. She wow. definitely feels like a combat combat medic. <laughs> I can see that. Okay. I, I okay. don't know. Just she feels it just like, carries around she buckets tough. of morphine. Or she feels what? tough but nurturing. I think that's, okay. Yeah. Combat medic. That's like the best of both worlds. <laughs> I don't know, Miley Cyrus. Unless you're the one being worked on. Well. The best of both, my God. Just oh, man, the scene in Saving Private Ryan when the medic gets shot. No, nope, I can't just, watch it. God, I can't watch he's that. He's like crying for his mom. I like, can't that watch is that the one. Worst. I can't watch that one. I can't watch where the guy gets stabbed. Yeah, slowly. that one's nope. Anyway, that's, that's, pretty, uh, that's served like her well as a civilian, film. as yeah. a civvy. Um, so she lives on a mountain in Tennessee with her husband, three boys, four cats, 22 chickens. I'm sorry. Three boys, four dogs. 22 chickens and a cat. See, she is a... uh, (laughs) 23 chickens because of the cat. No, wait. Uh, (laughs) She is a Sagittarius sun and moon, a Gemini and Gemini rising. No fucking idea what that means. She loves Jesus, but has moved on from Christianity and now prefers all things holistic, holistic and esoteric. And then also I got a little edit. She said, make that 24 chickens. Uh, I forgot about the two chicks I'm raising in my bathtub. <laughs> so, my God. If you'd like to buy us around, head on over to patreon.com. <laughs> Thanks, Tammy. We appreciate <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. We've, we've got chickens at my house now. <laughs> hog, Lord, hog Lord and Whiskey. That's what we raise them chickens on. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's the deal with flies? 
I fucking hate him. What are you, dude? Jerry Seinfeld. Every What's week. What about airline food, Michael? It's just Jesus it's Christ. Summer in Indiana. There's so dude. there's worse than it's ever been. No, God it isn't. Yes. It, Do you have def- trash laying around? No, Do I open don't. Trash cans. I have open- chickens. I don't think that brings flies, but God damn. I bet their shit you does. Think they're well, they're, they're farther the, away from... You've never heard the phrase, like, flies to shit? Well, they're farther away from... There's, uh, they're, they're everywhere. It's not just my that house. I in Sarah's vows. My God. It's... I had probably 30 of them. I... I Run about two <laughs> off every hour when I'm in my car. I had one there's, in there's my like car, more. dude. I had one in my car the other day for dude, like three I, fucking days. I have at least I, two in there right now. I couldn't at get them out. Two. I don't understand how they get in, and I stand there with an open door. It the other one the other day. My face. I finally watched it fly out, and before I could get the goddamn ah, yes. flew right. That's happened to me like three times. Fuck flies. Yeah. You guys got anything? <laughs> What's the deal with losing one sock in the dryer? <laughs> Where is that sock? God. Uh, Any, anything else? No. I, right, yeah, I mean, I just—it's just—it's always Republicans. It's Republicans. Well, that, yeah. well, that just—I—I—I I, I, I watched the news. I tried watching the news the other morning for. You can't. I made it thirty seconds. Nothing. And they talked about the infrastructure bill. The bipartisan. Hey, Democrats, yeah. stop working and yeah. conceding shit to the Republicans. They're not going to vote for it anyway. No, they're not. So. It was a bipartisan bill that, of course, that Biden had to gut the goddamn thing to get him to agree to it, and and then and now no Republicans will, will, are going to vote for it because they're like, well, uh, like how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it? Yeah, fuck you. That, that's the after time a ever... three thousand yeah. dollar or a three trillion dollar. Yeah. Uh, tax cut for the rich last year. Fuck you. That's the only, time, that, only time they care about. P- yeah, about last paying. year. That's the only time they care Does about. Tax cut. It's the only time they care about paying for stuff is when Democrats are in control. Yeah, fuck them. It's it's just it's so it's so see through, and Republicans just don't see it, and it's just it's just they see ridiculous. it, they don't care, they don't care. Yeah. <sighs> and fuck the billionaire space race. I hope they yeah. all fucking blow up. Yeah. Space, <laughs> man. I do, man. Fuck every one of them. I hope they take their money up there with them and they all just fucking explode. I said something today God. about, like, uh, I, I mean, Freud would just... It looked like a dick. It was a literal <laughs> penis literally, he was flying in. literally launched to space on a giant dildo. And, like, if Freud would have had a it just, field day. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even, like, subtle. No. It was straight out of fucking Austin Powers, it man. Was, it was missing balls all We'll say sort it was of. definitely just shaft in in mushroom cap. <laughs> was all There's a lot of mushroom cap. There's a lot of mushroom a lot cap. of mushroom cap. I just can't imagine having the kind of fuck you money that you spend billions of dollars to hear five minutes in space. He wasn't even in space. Billions of dollars. Uh, he just touched the tip of space. Five minutes. Fuck you. I hope. Did cloudy. you hear when he came back? He said, "This is all because of you people." <laughs> yeah, no shit. You've got two hundred billion of our dollars, you fucker. I, dude, I haven't bought anything from from Amazon in a, a long time. I just, I fucking hate that guy so much. He's just evil. He is. He's just fucking gross and evil. And I saw a Christian today. Yeah. Why shouldn't you be able to? Why? Why should? Why shouldn't he be able to spend the money however he wants it? He earned it. My no. God. No one fucking no, earns two hundred billion dollars. I ripped somebody for that. I was you like, don't do, earn that. Do you have any idea how many millions of people you have to exploit and abuse? Yes. To your get to that, to get that much money that quickly. Yes. To your entire work. 
the 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 richest like the idea that like this guy just he just worked harder than everybody else no these guys know how to fuck everybody else over and he got a three hundred thousand dollar loan from his parents yeah he didn't start in his yeah. fucking garage with nothing he started with a goddamn half million dollar loan go fuck yourself <laughs> jeff bezos Oh, You're listening to look on, on the bright side, Mr. Brightside himself. I've never wanted rocket Polly. ships to explode so bad in my life, dude. <laughs> I, I just wouldn't feel bad. I just wouldn't. Got <sighs> anybody got any bright sides? I do. I got gifts too. You got gifts? Gifts. Oh, gifts. <laughs> I was like, you, he holds you, up moving pictures. This is an audio format. Here's some. Here's some. MPEGs I've been working on. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to uh, we went to New Orleans last week for vacation. We as in you and your family. Yes, my family uh, and Elijah's friend Caleb. He was there. Yes, I didn't see any pictures of him. Why was he not here tonight? He uh, he was here last night. I don't know if he was here. Uh, okay. Yeah, I like well, how I'm, I get here and they're all here <laughs> playing video games. And I shit you not, one of them comes in late and he's like. Yeah, I just got back from the hospital. They had, and I, I have something viral. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Great. Fucking kidding me. No, I'm not. He came over. He was the last guy here. He's probably got the Delta variant. So we're all dead. He's now hanging out with your kid. Oh my god! I, I was hooked up to an IV. And they're all going to be sleeping in my fucking house. Yeah, they are. Sweating. You're gonna wanna just spritz the whole goddamn place. They're going to be sleeping and, and, and sweating and. Can we go back to what the fuck's going Somebody's on? Somebody's jerking off tonight <laughs> in your house. Besides, besides me? I was going to say. Well, we know at you. least one of the people. In the anyway, so now. we went to New Orleans. Uh, we had a really good time. Ate really good food. Um, New Orleans is different than after Katrina. It's a lot of like tourist trappy stuff. Yeah, but it's like the it's like the Gatlinburg of the bayou. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. Yeah, it's just a swampy Gatlinburg. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we still, we still had a really good time, so... Um, there's still some really cool places down there to go. Yeah. But so I got I got a few things here. Um, this is for you guys personally to, to take it, home. Is it food? It's a portable shot glass. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. It's got a little carrying case with it. <laughs> it's got you go, go on your keychain. Yeah, you awesome. go on your keychain if you want to keep it with you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, I did bring back a shitload of cigars that are sitting in the humidor now. Yeah, uh, man, from I, Cigar Factory. I had a couple over the weekend. They're pretty damn good. Yeah. Bought, you had a couple of the no, podcast He bought ones? mine. Of no, mine. God, fucking fucking relax. God. They I were mine. It. I fucking knew it. Yeah. He was going to explode. Like, we paid a fortune for this. <laughs> yeah, sorry about not having another gathering. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be smoking it later. It is literally going um, up in smoke. From, these are guys for you uh, for the pod, uh, from, the house of, uh, from the house of voodoo. <laughs> I got you some shot glasses. Oh, nice. I got your shot glass. <laughs> okay. And they're all different. They all have different designs on them. So <laughs> Marie Laveau's yeah. House of Voodoo. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Just nice. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. And Thank then you. this is for the pod. Um, voodoo is a big thing down there, or at least touristy oh it is. So I, I did buy a voodoo doll. <laughs> oh, no. It's a voodoo doll for, for love. Okay, so you you hang it up when you when you want love or whatever. There's not a, a that's not a thing. <laughs> no, it is. See, look, it's going to be giving all... me a hand job halfway between. Yeah, I mean, halfway. If this thing podcast. really works, what are you talking about? Um, it's a voodoo doll of love, buddy. There's a pretty obvious reason I bought this, and it's because it has a dick. <laughs> is that a dick? Yeah, it's a dick hanging there. Can you yeah. put, put pins in it? No, you don't poke pins in. Wait, it. why would you? Wait, I thought you were supposed to put you're pins, supposed to in poke voodoo. pins in. It's a voodoo doll for love. Right, so like, no, so it's just thing. You put a pin in the dick, and all of a sudden the guy get, gets you hard. You get dick loving. 
Anyway, I just thought just that like was like a mild dingle. There was no way I wasn't going to buy that. <laughs> like, oh man, that's yeah, a, it's a real dangler. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A little soft, but <laughs> well, I mean, it's looking for love. It's a I mean, little doughy. It's looking for love. See there. See it found love. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> it's pretty. Boy, it's pretty handsome. This is this is either the that's either. This is the hot content you get when you get the five dollar pledge either. on Patreon. You can see Matt playing with a voodoo dick. Either that is out of scale, or I should feel really bad about myself. That's that's in scale, I think. No, come on. It's like touching his knee. Christ. <laughs> I mean, yours doesn't. Oh yeah. Okay. Just take okay. it easy there, dirt diggler. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, do these really hold water? No, they hold liquor. It's a fucking <laughs> shot glass. I know. A liquid, whatever. Yes. Why wouldn't it? I don't know. Well, get him a shot. <laughs> let's try it. I'll do a shot. I'd do a shot. Hell, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know why we're not doing a shot right now. All right, let's get a shot of something. Give me a shot of some Gus and Brew. <laughs> yeah, works. What did you pour in there, Pour some of my um, cocktail in there. I can't open this package. What the fuck is it? You want to do the malt whiskey? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, something. Oh, God. <laughs> Meg put like a tube of tennis balls in there. A four pack. A four pack. <laughs> That's probably good. Hold up. <clears throat> oh, that's the shit. Okay. Are we really going to do shots? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, shots. Shots. Shot, shot, shot. All right. Adios, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> oh. Holy God. Boy, that uh fuck me. That's uh that's 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 smooth. That's that unaged shit. Okay, now we need a shot of something better. No, we're good. That seems like a really bad I don't know. I don't work tomorrow. I do. <laughs> what do you want? Eh, something better than that. Right. I need to rinse out my shot glass. <laughs> Boy, I, need to, I think I need to rinse out my esophagus. Oh, jeez. That was hard. That was rough. Is that, is that the a- toasted beer? Like a $90 bottle? Christ. Jesus Christ, man. Christ, we're not made of money. I mean, Oh, there we go. A barrel proof. Yeah, what this the I- fuck do you want then? <laughs> Oh my God! What is this podcast yeah, about? That run? yeah, all right. Oh, sixty percent. I don't care. I'm drinking it. All right, all right. No, I'm done. Oh boy! All right. Well, down the hatch. What are we doing? Brightside. Oh. Would you have anything else to say about Brightside? Oh no, we just we had a really good time. Oh man! Oh fuck! Oh. Brad, you got a br- bright side. What? Bright side? <laughs> Mister Bright Side. Uh, I'm fine. No, I don't have anything special, but I'm, I'm good. I. Oh um, boy! Oh my god! Oh, I went on vacation. Yeah, so I was on vacation oh. too. I didn't get get gifts because I'm an asshole. Um, so <laughs> go, you can go fuck yourself, guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I uh, oh. went down to Florida, went to the beach. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been to the, what do you call, the, the non-golf side, what do you call that? The Atlantic <laughs> side? <laughs> the, the Atlantic Eastern, coast? The eastern seaboard. 
the Atlantic Coast. The Atlantic Coast. It's been a long time since I've been on. on oh, we always man. go to the golf because it's it's nice. But apparently, uh, uh, something called red tide and it's fucking shit up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's something called yeah. climate change yeah. and pollution. I, I'd yeah. rather not get involved with that. So we went to, to Daytona Beach. It was fun. It was it, people shit you on the, the ghost on of the, Dale. No. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is he still haunting us over there? Hey, raise hell and praise Dale, all right? (laughs) Um, So, and then on the way back, we we stopped at my brother's house, and um, he was having like a a reunion concert for his band, which I've mentioned on the podcast before. Why do you never say their name on the band? You never do. Uh, I don't don't, know. The band was called Bleach. Why do you you always do that? It's really weird. I don't know why. It just feels weird. Just I don't know. So they were called Bleach back in the day. They're still yeah. called Bleach, I guess, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they had a uh, a reunion show, um, and it just worked out that we were going to be driving through there around the same time and uh, went to see. And my uh, my brother from Kentucky came down. My other brother, who lives in Indiana, came down, and his um, and, and their kids came down as well. So it was uh it was it was really surreal to be back in that because a lot of my youth was going to concerts uh-huh. and oh, yeah. seeing bands and being in that environment yeah. i've seen bleach and it was it was it was bizarre to <clears throat> like it was good in a sense because i don't have any baggage with them yeah you know in terms of going to the shows yeah, like, right. but there's the christianity aspect of it so it's surreal <laughs> right. to walk back right, into that right right um so, but it was good. I really enjoyed it. I was glad my kids got to see their uncle play. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's the first time, maybe the last time they'll ever get a chance to Did see. They him think play. it was cool, or were they totally bored by it? Um, they thought it was cool. Yeah, they they both watched and uncle were. Davey, come on, man. Yeah, we're that's we're great. Yeah, that's, so. that's really cool. Yep. So it was good. Um, I met Davey before I even met Michael. Yeah, and sat and talked to him one really? time at a concert. Yep. Huh. Yep. Yep. They so, were in Danville, Illinois, or Davey, somewhere in a concert. The original bass singer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah he, he is. is. He was great to talk to, and it's just weird that Boy, best so friends with his brother Shit went now. downhill after that one, then, didn't it? <laughs> Fuck you. Um, Took a minute for that to land. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but it, it was good. It was good. Um, his, he, he's got a daughter now, too, so yeah. uh, that's the first time mm. she had ever seen them. She, she's really, just like, she's, she's like a little over one year old. That's so really cool. Yeah, yeah she's got some pictures, cute. and yeah. it's cool that she was able to, you know, that's... So you're going to be a memory. Yeah. Not a memory for her, but she'll have pictures of yes. it. Yes, you know? right. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, and music segment. So let's go into uh, the music segment. So here we go. There's nothing more than three white guys Like more than two Philosophize about why they're right Do two shots, they said. About the yeah. things they like <laughs> <laughs> From pizza terror to ambient noise, here's raps and riffs. Boy, I'm gonna regret that three about three in the morning. Think yep. you should oh, know. Yeah. I'm gonna regret it at like six in the morning. <laughs> so have to get up. Go. Enjoy the show. Music time in the city. I don't think my app's working. <laughs> so, Matt, what do you got? Hey, Matt. You got uh, any songs? It's one of those albums I. I kind of stumbled upon accidentally um pitchfork i think it was pitchfork <laughs> it was either pitch no i i don't know where i found I it. i discovered them anyway <laughs> uh it may have been it may have been through uh pace magazine they do like their must listen albums every week so anyway guy's name's chet faker faker didn't oh this guy's been around forever yeah faker so didn't shake her wait, wait that's, not, that's not fucking tom hanks's kid is it no 
Tom what? Hanks? Chet Hanks. Is yeah. it Chet, Chet Faker? Is Chet, Chet Hanks. Hanks? Okay, let's well, not. Boy, he's a real piece of shit. Is anyway. he the one that is, Ch- Chet Hanks? is he a piece of shit? Chet's yeah, a real he's piece a total shit. piece of shit. Why? McMurray's a piece of shit. What did he do? He's like he is just gross. Like with he's women the and of Tom uh, Hanks. Okay. Oh god, yeah. he has to be the one that they're like. Is Chet coming to Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, I think so. Fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Chet. Anyway, this is not that guy. Fucking Chet. Um, the album's called Hotel Surrender. The song is this song's for Brad. It's called Get High. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Sound like Charlie Brown. <laughs> it did. It totally sounded like Charlie Brown until the beat kicked in. Ooh, I like that. It's a fun album, man. I really dig it. I wanna get high. Oh, fuck it. Hey. Yeah, it's got like pop, R&B yeah. sort of vibes to it. I mean... Great voice. Anyway, you can go ahead. That is not the guy I expected. <laughs> I don't know. What... Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boy, he. Uh... <clears throat> All right. He he looks like the head of a brewery, a small craft oh, brewery. Oh yeah, sure. Or yeah. Anyway, that was Hotel California. Yeah, Hotel California. Right. Welcome no, to it's Hotel California. Welcome to the Hotel uh, Surrender. I've got a band called the Goon Sacks. <laughs> I know. Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, yeah. That's right. No, not sex. Sax. No, yeah. Like, wait, wait. Sax as in like ball sack? No, sax, S A X, as uh-huh. in like saxophone. The Goon Sax. Okay. That's the name of the band. Okay. A little weird. Uh, the album is called Mirror 2. The song is called In the Stone. Hey, you guys. <laughs> First song is called Sloth. It's, it's, it's Lost Second sack. is Baby Ruth. Third one is I Love Chunk. I think you and there's a lot of horns in it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, the horns are great. I said in the album, not just God. Fuck you. Yep. Let's let it get to the. uh... All right. Yep. Yep. Nice. Good stuff. Really dig it. Yeah, it's really good album. The whole thing's good. So. All right, uh, first one is for me, second one's for Brad and Matt. First one... Uh, <laughs> Another Hobo always, Johnson song. Always special. No, th- this song I got stuck in my head, because it, and the song has nothing to do with what I mean it for, what, what my meaning is behind it, but I got stuck in my head, and it's just like, I can't get rid of it, can't get it out. It's called The Truth by uh, The Front Bottoms. So. The Front heard Bottoms. Them, yeah. You are the truth, I choose to bend myself around. You are the reason I got started and the reason I'm vagina, it right? You are the truth I choose to bend sure. myself around. You are the truth I choose to bend myself around. I can't get that those lyrics out of my head. That is a good lyric. It is really good. Yeah, it is. So Yeah, I like that. That's good. The front the old, the old the front, front bottoms, butts. the truth. 
And this is the one where um, it's for Brad. <laughs> I got to her later this year with the slits. This one's for Brad, but I, but it's also the the one where I pull, see how long I can play before Matt makes me shut it off. So here we go. Silken hair, more silken hair fell on her face. Is this the Beach Boys? No yes. Silken hair, more silken I like it. I don't hate the Beach Boys. No. This is a silken hair. I saw she'd lost her hair. I thought I would tell going when she saw her shining forehead didn't stop. She swooned to the ground. Boy, they were so hard. I blew my mind. I blew my cool. This was in there hanging out with Ravi Shankar. Yeah, face. clearly. Were they in a drum circle? Jesus Christ, that's fucking terrible. Dude, wow. Holy shit. She drew a comb across her scalp and brushed what she had left. I tried to salvage what I could. Did and Ringo write this? She made a beeline to a room and grabbed all kind of juice. She started pouring on her head and thought it growing back. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> there it is. That's fucking enough, all right? We've got the point. That's fucking enough. <laughs> Michael! Dude, seriously. Upside your head. It's too late, mama. <laughs> it's got another 17 seconds if you want to finish it out. <sighs> like I was on board in the beginning, and then it was no, just like the beginning. I was like, "This isn't weird. I kind of like this. Uh, is this? Yeah, it's weird." And there's another song on the album called "Vegetables." So <laughs> it's, it's about vegetables. Paul McCartney eating the carrot. Co-written co by Ringo Starr. No, Paul McCartney is actually on yeah, the song. Like, sounds like something he eating a carrot. So, boy, once again, left with the two shittiest Beatles. Yes. <laughs> All right. This is this is the end of music time. Brad, get on the thing. I got All right, Brad, we're back. Uh, go ahead. Jesus Christ. Tell us your, your next uh, Duran Jones and the Indications. Got a new mm -hmm. album coming out they this do. Friday. Maybe? I thought it was August. Maybe it's all. Anyway, they've released three songs and they're There's all a floater freaking fantastic for me. Um, the album is going to be called, is called Private Space. It comes out. Like I said, I don't know, the next couple weeks. Couple yeah. weeks or something. Uh, the song is called Witch You. Yeah, dude. Dude, dude it's, so, it's good. so good. I've seen him. I'm telling you, that was one of the top times. five. That last concert we saw with him is one of the top At five the Blue concerts Bird. I've ever seen. Right before COVID, yeah. Yeah, that was. He was he was on fire because they're from Bloomington, yeah. so like for them to come home, a little disco kind of. Yeah. yeah. Their drummer man, yep, Aaron Fraser, and dude, his freaking album his, this year was yeah. great. Yeah. So I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that album is going to be great if those three songs are any. Uh, yep. Any indication? Yep. No pun intended. See what they did there. <laughs> Gwen, will you shut the fuck up? Yeah, will you let your mongrel dog right. out? 
This is oh. officially the end of uh, music segment. <laughs> All right. All right, we're back. And, and Brad's just, are you ready now? Tell me when you're ready. I'm good. People are watching us live. They're waiting. They're, everyone's waiting, Brad. All five of you. Are you ready? Are you ready now? How about now? Yep. <laughs> Meditating <laughs> with Gary Busey. <laughs> the Native American cowboy says, Oh, what? What the f- what? The Native American cowboy? That's not a thing. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> you guys never played Native American cowboys in Indians growing up. I I can't. I'm not. I will. Check please. <laughs> <laughs> Inconceivable! Oh my god. I wish you weren't so fucking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, how much how much nose candy do you have to hoover for that? To... What if I'm delighting him as much as he's delighting me? That's a new one. From Fancy Alana. What if I'm delighting him as much as he's delighting me? <laughs> oh man. <sighs> Here's another new one from Dan. I'm not that big, but I could fit inside you. <laughs> from Chris Anson. Boy. Boy. Wow. I'm not that big, but I could fit inside you. <laughs> I have no idea where he pulled that from, but it's Chris Hansen. <laughs> I'm Chris Hansen. No, you're not. Yes, I No, you're not. Anyway. Uh, All right. What's next? Uh, I don't know. Newsfeed. Are we doing... Uh, have we done... Uh, what are you drinking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like sure 20 minutes it. ago, buddy. Right. Uh, yeah. Bright side, newsfeed. Did it. Um, no, we haven't done newsfeed. Do do you don't have fat passage, no. right? You didn't get any food from New Orleans to bring what back. What the fuck Nothing. you want me to get, man? A crab ma- anything. Like <laughs> Crab McGrath. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> is that Quick Draws, brother? <laughs> <laughs> crab McGaw is the ocean <laughs> version of Krav McGaw. <laughs> How did it crop a goff? You're in the water. Oh, God damn it. Uh, nope, wrong one. <laughs> Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your beers. We're headed into the news feed. <laughs> Wait, let me see if I've got. I'm waiting for uh, one for Stephanie Rice. She doesn't have one, so it's not yet. Next okay. week, Stephanie Rice. <clears throat> Spoiler alert. Uh, drug dealers marketing ethically sourced cocaine. Oh, okay. I, you know. I mean, good some on them, Schneef. <clears throat> yeah, some, some Schneef. Yeah, ethical <laughs> Schneef. <laughs> what does cocaine do to you? I don't some really. I'm not it's super an upper. It's an upper. Does it yeah. like do permanent damage? Well, I'm, I'm guessing if you do enough of it, it sure does. Well, it's not good for your heart. Yeah, I don't think it's okay. probably good. Among for other things, I mean, how ethical can it? be? Pretty sure it eats a hole in your face too, doesn't it? Or is that no? Just that's meth. meth. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the Martinsville cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, is there walking down the street? Look like they're doing the robot. Pretty sure I saw some of those dudes in New Orleans. Um, one guy, I'm pretty sure, barked at me as he walked past. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, 
Emirates, we need Cajun food. Um, oh, send something. Yeah, there are something. foods that travel. Yes, I bought, please. I bought a uh, beignet mix. Well, we'll reimburse I don't you. Give a shit about that. I'm t- I want. <laughs> are you going to make a goddamn beignet? Or is that going to sit in your cabinet for twelve years? <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to sit. Oh no, cabinet. we'll make them next. Like my weekend, I'm off or right, something. We'll save me one. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, it's probably going to be great after like yeah. three or four days. Hey, two of motherfuckers that like all like together. Yeah, I had don't some, do that. Some Popeyes beignets in, on my vacation. <laughs> it's delicious. What but Popeyes pop- has beignets? Yeah, a little with they like Hershey's chocolate in it. Oh my god, it's so good. Really? Yep. Huh. Well, it's a Louisiana yeah, Weight Watchers, man. Mm-hmm. I can't. Anyway, Brett's looking to ease their conscience over this. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing people that do cocaine aren't looking to ease their conscience. But yeah, um, kill pretty sure honey. the conscience is the first thing to go when you're on Tell cocaine. Brett's looking to ease their conscience over their involvement in bloody drug wars overseas are now being targeted by cynical dealers selling what they claim is ethically sourced cocaine. Users have revealed a high demand for the so-called woke coke at posh dinner parties uh, across the UK. Woke. Yeah, coke. coke. He revealed, dude, somebody went to journalism school to write this line. He revealed that users are paying through the nose for the gimmick. Ah, cheers to that. 435 bucks a gram. Bazinga! Uh, at 435 bucks a gram, I call it the Woke Coke Con, he said. Woke Coke Con. Yeah. How much? 435 a gram. Upcharge. Jesus. Upcharge for that bitch, man. What MSR- the- what's MSRP on Woke Coke? My God. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine trade. Uh, How does anybody afford that? I don't know, man. Well, well, there's a reason a lot of drug, like druggies, steal shit and steal money and shit. That's why I, I watch mean, ethical well, porn. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, cocaine is a rich person's drug. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah. this is like what the, yuppies did in the eighties. It's what they do. It's end, what they do in Carmel and yeah. Westfield. Yeah, <laughs> I can guarantee it. Yep, <laughs> a lot of cocaine up there. I'd be willing to bet. Yep. Uh, from the Christian Post. Hoover and Schneef off of a granite countertop, where yeah. news doesn't exist. Yep. <laughs> Wait, what was it? A Christian post. Uh, <laughs> Pastor begs God for mercy as COVID-19 sweeps megachurch. Lord, oh, yeah. Lord, we didn't want to be in the news. Lord, we're assholes. God, fuck them. I, I just... <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you two guesses where this church is located. T.O. says artisanal be nose candy. Texas? Texas. Yeah. Pastor Bruce Wesley of the multi-campus Clear Creek Community Church in Who Texas. Stop Bruce. doing multi-campus churches, too. Yeah, it's, like, seriously. fucking stop. Is your ego that yeah, big? Yeah, it's that big. <laughs> if, if, you, if you have multi-campus you church. Yeah, you can't even hold your ego onto one campus. Yeah. Yeah. My ego won't fit in this one building. I need two buildings. <laughs> Uh, which recently made headlines as some 125 youth and adults got infected with what the officials suspect is the Delta variant after attending a church-sponsored student ministry camp. Publicly prayed for God's "quote unquote" mercy as his church was forced to shutter for a second week. <laughs> and God went, uh, "You could have gotten the vaccine." <laughs> um, so he prayed for healing and all that shit. Um, we pray for complete recovery so that people don't have any lingering effects. Blah blah blah. I uh, do not share how many people, how many more people are now infected with the virus, but the church revealed in a statement that the congregation is facing a second wave of infections among the families. Yeah, no shit. Of the infected campers, the number of people at camp who became ill has increased since my first communication. In some cases, entire families are sick. Jesus Christ. Yep. Canceling canceling services Sunday, July 11th, and Wednesday, July 14th at all campuses. In addition, there'll be no revive and restore form on July 11th. Oh, damn it. Oh, we can't revive ourselves. Karen Butternut and the Saviors won't be able to play the revival. Yeah. <clears throat> Apparently, the Delta variant spreads more among uh, other yeah. populations. Yep. 
Um, yeah, anyway, so. That's what, yeah. you know, one of the greatest minds it, of our time it, once said, Taylor Swift, by the way, <laughs> um, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yep. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't say like if any of them were vaccinated, it doesn't, because I know people are getting sick with it, but, um, yeah, uh, science Mike got in, put yeah. in the ER and he's vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, they, it's not to fuck with. No, it's <clears throat> not, but I also, goddamn vaccine. I also posted something today from, uh, one of the Indiana's COVID something, a guy, somebody knows the statistics of it and that what we're seeing is actually expected from like, if, not, like the number of people vaccinated times, the number of, um, oh shit times, the number of people who aren't vaccinated, like the percentage of people aren't vaccinated. And it equals out to like with what Indiana's got like 2.8 million vaccinated it equals out to like 14,000 people would theoretically be infected with the variant. And that's what is expected from, what vaccines do? Huh. I mean, if you get the flu vaccine, you can still get the flu. Of course, like, that's the thing. It's, of course. It's well, just, that's why, and that's when people are like, "Well, I get, what's the point getting stuck no, th- then?" Like, the point is the the vaccine <sighs> the the vaccine knows what to do when you get infected. Yeah, and and also um, the le- the few the more people that don't get vaccinated, the more this thing mutates. Yeah, and gets yeah, worse. Get a fucking worse. shot, guys. That was my I what mean, the fuck seriously? Is going on. Fuck off. Get a shot. Oh, yeah, Sean Hannity's on board after he's spent the last fucking year or more year and a half like talking about how this is overblown and you know the government's overreached with vaccines now all of a sudden he's pro vaccine eat a dick motherfucker yeah. it's because yeah. it's because all their advertisers have got on we're like okay it's time to stop this yeah. shit people this is people are not dying gonna, it's gonna start hurting 99 99 and a half percent of covid Hospitalizations and and deaths, and deaths right now are unvaccinated. Would that's you just, say that uh, that's just fucking math? The anti-vaxxers I mean, uh, got what they deserve. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, and what, unfortunately, what, people are going to. I was going to say, here's what sucks. Get what they don't deserve. Yes, yeah. uh, there's going to be people that have compromised immune systems that can't get the vaccine that are going to get yeah. fucked by this. Yep. By these idiots that won't get it. Just get it. Yeah. Stop it. Get it. Goop was going to put a tracker chip in me. You're the holding one in your hand, you dumbass. Yeah, yeah he tweets from his phone that God. has his fingerprint and his face ID and fuck, everything Can else. we go back yeah. to what the fuck? Yeah. All right, Brad, I'm done. What do you got? Um, uh, New Zealand mom has reportedly New named... Mom, New Zealand mom. Mom. Has reportedly named her three children Metallica, Slayer, and Pantera. Oh, stop. Nice. No, come on. Little Slayer. Sup, Little Slayer. Boy, but he'll do well at school. <laughs> Damn it, Pantera! This, this beer is warm. warm. Damn it, Pantera! This beer is warm. Get me another one. Why do you have yeah. that? <laughs> oh, that's like, one of my you favorite. Treat your stepmother with respect, Pantera. <laughs> or you'll be sleeping in the street. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, Damn it, Pantera! I told you to get out there and mow that lawn. Oh, what's this? Is that a tear, Pantera? <laughs> oh, it's Daddy's little girl upset. God, I love that show so much. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of my all-time favorite lines. Damn it, Pantera, this beer is warm. Otis Arungus would want it that way. So, uh, <laughs> the news was shared by Kiwi filmmaker David Ferrier in his... He's, he's wonderful with oars. <laughs> you beat me to it. Shit. <laughs> what does a farrier do? That's giving the video fellatio right now. What? 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 I don't know. Just fucking do your story. I'll look up farrier. 
I remember there was an Archer reference. It's a Ferris is a carrier. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, he in his newsletter he also elaborated a Twitter th- in a Twitter thread, noting that the unidentified woman told him it's not easy raising three of the heaviest bands. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. it better. That's a pretty good line. Uh, the filmmaker uh, <clears throat> has seen the birth certificates. The child named Metallica apparently bears the middle name and justice for all. See, don't don't fucking do this to your kids, man. This is <laughs> like this makes a great news story. Ah, Those kids this is my son Metallica the Black Album. <laughs> I mean, this kid's got to live with this fucking name forever now, or at least I until know. he's eighteen, he can change it. I mean, fucking just stop. being named Metallica is weird enough, but like, what's your middle name? And justice for all. <laughs> God damn it, man. And justice for all. I mean, at least like if it was like Metallica Justice, you could go by Justice or something, and that's like vaguely normal. So <laughs> they're like Christ. there's New Zealand Registrar General Jeff Montgomery, old Jeffy Mons, <laughs> said General Jeff. Uh, he said there's no restrictions on naming babies after bands or albums as long as the word used is not generally considered to be offensive or does not resemble an official rank or title. Some Metallica fans would your, argue that it's offensive to name your kid Metallica after they put Lars load can, and reload. You can't name your kid Doctor. Yeah, you know fucking Lars. How far, how long that for money Lars grabbing is. fuck. Yeah. Ah, uh, Napster. Uh, we're gonna sue you into the motherfucking ground. Hey, Lars, learn how to keep time. You <laughs> Lars, I know you can't hear this, but fuck off. What? Learn how to keep time. You goddamn fucking drag. <laughs> what are we doing here? I don't know. All right, you got any more, Brad? Um, a fairy or somebody that shoes horses. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Trims and shoes horses' hooves. Yeah. Do you want to get shod? Um, <laughs> a serial pooper banned from defecating, urinating in open spaces after numerous convictions in British town. Is this the guy who's I the runner? No, this is a woman. Open spaces. This. I go pooping open uh, space. Looks like she walked off the set of Mad Max. It kind of does. <laughs> like I mean, yesterday, wow. walked off the set of Mad Max. We're living in the future, man. A, a, a British serial pooper has been officially <laughs> banned. Here's the here's okay. Let me read this sentence and then we'll talk about it. Has been officially banned from defecating and urinating in any open space in her town for more than two decades of criminal criminal behavior. Is it everyone so banned? <laughs> exactly. Why wouldn't everyone be banned question. from that? Like, what? Like, <laughs> oh, sorry, you can't shit in public anymore? No, what just the fuck? Her. Anyone else can. I hope they that do it. That is the weirdest I hope they do it in her yard. I hope they that shit in her yard. weirdest wording I've ever heard. What? I don't Officially know. banned. Amandly, 50. 50. Speaking of cereal pooper... Um, what <laughs> cereal best uh, looks like a turd? What the fuck are we doing, man? Uh, Cocoa Puffs? Prob- yeah, I was going to say Cocoa Puffs. They look like kind of rabbit turds or something. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> I I don't have anything. Cocoa Puffs with a little bit of, of uh, corn pops mixed in. Oh. <laughs> But you have to chew the you have to chew the cocoa puffs oh, up yeah. first, and then oh, yeah. put the corn puffs in them. <laughs> yeah, cereal pooper. 
There's no reality. <laughs> what? It, uh, I didn't have any. I forget. Are, I don't remember having corn. Are tricks brown? Are tricks brown? No. What's the one with the like? The are weird... tricks brown? Michael, what kind of there's like a joyless chocolate... world did you grow up? Are you colorblind for real? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, I'm not thinking of tricks. Tricks. What's the other one? Is it cocoa puffs that has like the weird? I think it's like a bird or something. Like a yeah, mascot? I think Cocoa Puffs is okay. a bird. Yeah, cuckoo for Cocoa old Puffs. Dennis, old of. Dennis Chocolate or whatever his name is. It's not Dennis Chocolate. I'm like ninety percent sure it's not that. I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah, old Denny Denny Chocks. <laughs> God, are you done? Got some Jenny, Denny Chocks Crocs. Uh, are you done with the bad Max Pooper? Oh man. <laughs> I know you're dry. Go get some water. Drink your beer or something. Because, Michael, uh, what do you got? Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Brad's breaking she, news. She's been breaking the law since at least 1996 with 15 convention convictions for antisocial behavior, harassment, public order you can violations. Get so, so what did they finally get? Like, and abusing the country's 999 emergency phone number. It took him 15 years to get around to this. Like. I feel like after the first like public shit, you'd be like, okay, you need to stop. I've had bigger things to fry. <laughs> Boy. Bigger fish to fry. She looks like one of the mutants on Weird Science. <laughs> she does. Oh, my God, she does. You're right. Yes. Wait, are we talking about Weird Science, the movie or the TV the show? The movie. TV show is lit, man. I love that fucking show. That guy grew Boy, up to does. marry Jenny McCarthy, I think. Oh, Wait, what? who hasn't married Jenny McCarthy <laughs> uh, at this point? Pamela Anderson. Yeah, you can blame the uh, non-vaccination shit on her, too. Yeah, it's fucking over for giving her a platform. Yeah, seriously. Oh, God damn it. Come on. Fuck. Uh, Did you have anything else to say? I, I, here's, here's another weird sentence. She's officially been banned from defecating and urinating in any open space in her town until from July 12, 2021. That's the wording. So I, again, why did it take him 15 years to ban her from shitting in public? How, I, I don't know. What country is this again? England. So in England, you can just have a shit corner in your I, house? It's my slot it's basket. My slot basket. Yeah. Out, out on the side. I, so, I so don't is, understand is that wording. That wording, that wording essentially sounds like... Or we're okay with you we're doing it. We're fine with it, just not her. But you've done it too many times. The way that you've gone about pooping in <sighs> people's reached, You've reached your quota. Yeah. I just, it's I just don't. Out. You just need to take a, a breath, bud. <laughs> Sit this one out. Sit this year so, out. So <laughs> this is on MSN.com. And I on the toilet, to, preferably. I scroll to the bottom. And there's a Microsoft News poll on this story. What's the poll? Does your neighborhood or area have a notorious, quote, serial pooper like the one featured in this story? Yes. Maybe I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. Other slash no opinion. I can't believe they get How fun. Can I can't no believe opinion. advertisers fund this shit. God damn man, that's a scientific poll. Some poor like. fucking intern had to do that shit <laughs> for no money. Does your neighborhood have a so, notorious serial pooper? And so, no, before anybody says anything, it's not me. Somebody sit. Somebody God, sit. <laughs> I shit my own house. You did that to yourself. Yeah. Well, but it's, it was going to happen. There, there's an intern somewhere. I'll get tagging four poop posts in the pub tomorrow. <laughs> there's an intern somewhere at like 11 o'clock at night. They got a text saying, hey, we need you to add something to, to this article. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And he's sitting in bed. An IT guy making 40 a year. Yeah, <laughs> sitting in bed. He's like, oh, God damn it. Do you have a cereal pooper in your house? 
fucking Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> the Ted Gibson's uh, give shit. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, Michael, what do you got? All right, product update. Uh, Van. Van Lewins? Lewins? Van Lewins? Uh, Kraft mac and cheese ice cream. Yeah, it's gross. Don't. Fucking don't. Apparently, man. it's really good. No, no, it's, it's fucking not. It's not. They're saying it's very good. Proven. Eater.com. Oh, yeah. Hard hitting journalism from Eater. Are you serious? Eater.com. Amy McCarthy spent a lot of time on this article. Eater. Eater. She had to get it out exactly at 901. Eater. Eater. E E A T. E A T E R. Yeah. Eater. I know how to spell eater, Michael. You said eat her. That's what it sounds like, Michael. <laughs> That's the joke. Oh, could you tell it again? Fucking hell, man. <laughs> anyway, cheese flavored ice cream. Apparently, it's d- delicious. Yeah, I find that really hard to believe. Yeah, I mean. Is it delicious or is Amy it McCarthy not? Is no, no, hold on. on it. Is it delicious or is it not as bad as I thought it would be? Because well, those two I, I things are sa- not the same I thing. I think savory ice cream is becoming a thing. I've I've had some savory ice creams. I'm fine with them. I, I don't want salty sweet ice cream. But that would just be, I don't know. I mean, I guess if somebody sends it, we'll try it. Yeah. Somebody can find a way to send some. <laughs> on some dry, some dry ice. ice. We'll yeah. try it on the pod. Because I don't think, I've never seen that brand around here, so. All right, uh, there is a <laughs> a menu shortage uh, of ingre- uh, a shortage of ingredients at Taco Bell that that they're, it's affected their menu. They so, don't do anything anymore. They can't do anything. I fucking they're, hate Taco Bell. No, they did this to themselves. Said, Sorry, we can't feed your current crave due to national well, ingredient neither shortage. Neither can Starbucks. Spoiler yeah. alert. Nobody My can deliver God. anything. Uh, I'm sorry we're out of that. We're out of that. Uh, dude, I was in the store today, and somebody ordered four drinks. It's and crazy. And could not get any I of those know. four drinks. It's crazy. I'm so sorry. So they just drove off to their fourth drink that they had, <laughs> that they wanted. They couldn't fucking get it. So they drove off. Anyway, uh, Taco Bell can't get anything. Can't get what you crave. Uh, what, are they, what are they out? This of? is from uh, from Jenna. For anyone craving Taco Bell tonight, I'll save you the the drive. They don't have chicken or beef. <laughs> I just ate, fucking cheese and beans? I just ate black beans in a hard shell. Was not worth it. Do not recommend. Black How are you out of both? <laughs> One bite and that just all the beans are gone. Yep. <laughs> oh. I yep. need it right now though. I bet if you put the <laughs> Where's Lenny? Well, is Lenny back yet? He, he is Jim Brewer. You'd eat anything send, at this point. Send him to Taco Bell. It's closed. No. Oh, that's oh, right. The, the new the one. No, one it opened like today. Open. The yeah. new one opened today. I drove. To, uh, dude, they, that thing must be made out of cardboard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nobody light a match in that store. It came up. It, like, it, it, it rose from about, the ground. about two like weeks. Yeah. Dude, I, just, I have no idea. They feel like they were just. So is the new McDonald's they're putting right across. Oh, it's, yeah. it's already framed out. I know. Jesus Christ. He's doing the drywall at the McDonald's up there. I gotta wake my ass up at five thirty. <laughs> yeah, I gotta drag up to Voscalitas. Oh man. <laughs> um, Nevada woman breaks into a dentist office uh, and pulls thirteen teeth. Shit. <laughs> How? What? How does this happen? 
What the fuck no. were they doing while the patient was she in the room? In, she broke no into a dentist's office, stole money, pulled 13 <laughs> teeth from an unconscious patient <laughs> oh, on two separate occasions. Holy shit. She is not a dentist, by the way. Is it staffed by one person in a I gym? Mean, How does that happen? So she, I guess she formally, she worked there formally. She stole $22,861 in cash and checks. Oh, how um, is she not in jail? Uh, well, she's in jail now. <laughs> um, the tooth extraction occurred on a different date than the break-in. Um, she admitted to using anesthetic uh, in the office as well. Where the fuck was everybody? <laughs> I have no Dentist idea. Dentist office aren't that big, no, generally. No. Like, no. Do two you think you'd of, notice somebody coming in and yanking out teeth? Two counts of burglary, one count of <laughs> stealing grand teeth. larceny, a conspiracy to commit burglary, and perform surgery on another without a medical license. Boy. Can you imagine waking up and having no teeth in your fucking half your <laughs> teeth are fucking gone? Investigators that visit that visit had better be fucking free. Yeah, that should every, every time visit, I ever ever again yep. ever again. Investigators say they did not know, or did not say how they determined the Ike uh, to be a Wait, person of interest. Dwight? Her name is Ike. Dwight Eisenhower. Ike. Ike. E I C H <laughs> is her last name. I'm sure. Oh, so she's lovely. Um, <laughs> lovely this time of year. Uh, Ike is Karen, a person. Karen Ike. Okay, so so they said they did not know how they determined that she was uh, a person of interest. I didn't say how they, how she was, but they said that she admitted to multiple people, including deputies, that she had performed me- a medical procedure. Uh, that's fucking terrible. It's man. one of those things. I don't know how, how that, that. I can't get my mind around how that happens. How like, does it happen? She allegedly nah. performed the extractions on her own time. As well, so well who else's time was she fucking on? Yeah. Like it wasn't so, like she left her lunch hour at fucking Hardy's or whatever. Yeah, oh, she might have. <laughs> she might have. You don't know. Have you been to Hardy's lately? That's good. I like Hardy's. No, I haven't. What the heck? They took away the apple biscuits in the morning. <laughs> cinnamon apple biscuits. What the fuck? I got cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls are fine, but. Remember those delicious biscuits? <laughs> no, no. You didn't have the biscuits at Hardee's. I don't Hardy's think I've lunch. ever had no, never Hardy's had. breakfast ever. Oh man, <clears throat> their burgers are fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're better than average. I'm gonna try their chicken, chicken sandwich. Their sometime. chicken tenders are pretty fucking. Their chicken. They have a new chicken sandwich in the chicken. Dude, sandwich fucking everybody's too. got a chicken sandwich. Yeah, they're right all now. pretty good, and they all are better than Chick Fil A. Stop yeah. it. Stop yeah. fucking going to Chick Fil A. It's overrated and overpriced, mm-hmm. and you will never fucking convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's LGBT. LGBT uh, hate chicken. Yeah, I mean, fuck that too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Um, it's Michael. I think that's enough, buddy. Can I do one more? Sure. <laughs> it's only nine thirty-five. Okay. Becoming okay. So there's a uh, a pair a, a viral like, oh, vi- viral Spanish TikToker that says he lives alone in 2027. Wait, what? It's a viral Spanish TikToker that says he lives alone in 2027. I'm already out. I'm already I, fucking I, I, out. Know, you said man. TikToker like it's a job. I'm fucking out, man. Well, like, it's just a guy who has a TikTok. I don't. It's not. Shit. It's not his job. But a Spanish user of the TikTok uh, has attracted millions of views and followers as he's filmed through Spain's most iconic spaces while they are completely empty, claiming that he woke up from a coma uh, to find the world around him completely empty from <laughs> humans and animals, uh, and that and that it is the spring of 2027. He's walking through uh, these these places, and there's no one. No one is in these 
like publicly public places. Uh, and they, 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 the internet <clears throat> cannot explain how this is happening. And so people thought, oh, maybe he did it whenever during COVID, you know, when nothing was there. They have they have uh, studied the like the the video, and it's not from the past. It's it's from when he uploaded it. So <laughs> he's he's uh, it's called. I'm not even going to say can, it, but it's Spanish for the only survivor. You can it's, fucking green screen anything. Like yeah, I I, I mean come on, no, like <laughs> fucking stop it. So people Why are, are we putting these people in fucking people asylums? commenting, like, telling him to visit a location that are heavenly uh, that are heavily populated, and then he does. He visits a restaurant, walks into the kitchen, visits a Mercedes dealership, drives a car off the lot, uh, visits a police station, and takes a police car. They have no idea how he does it. So so. Well, in I have tw- no idea. So how- hold on. So in 2027, there's no people. Is that the that, moral that, of this? that is what he's saying? That he woke up. Well, that's probably going to happen. But still, he I said mean, he he woke up and everyone's gone. What is this? The Walking Dead? I yeah. But there's no I, zombies. It's just everyone just vanished. I don't so, fucking care. Whatever. It's weird. So anyway. It's parallel universe is what they're saying, but who knows? It's not a parallel universe. It might be. It's I mean, you don't camera, know, though. I it's mean, camera know. trickery. It's not. But you don't know. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's a guy when uploading did you lose it. your wonder? Huh? Who stole your wonder? <laughs> I don't give a fuck about some asshole on TikTok editing it's... his fucking videos. Be nice to Javier. He's working hard for this money. No. Fuck him. I'll be explosive Jeff Bezos. <laughs> who stole your wonder? Oh man, I was I was gonna do that story. Did you guys see the latest Bigfoot video? No, I did. That's what it. I sent to your tag. Do you? In? Yeah, it's fucking wild. What? Dude. What is it? Is it an actual video? It's fucking wild. Yeah. It's Why like can't a, we get a clear video of this? I did, see, that's my th- that's my question. It's always oh, it's really it's great. Well, the guy from the guy from twenty twenty seven is Bigfoot. <laughs> it's always everybody. It's always grainy as shit. It is. You, I'm like I was watching. So it like, is grainy. God damn it. Yes, like, but. I mean, it looks like a big hairy ape carrying like a child. Somebody needs to tag me. In like this. another, like a child, like a f- like a child, like a furry child, like oh. a yeah. yeah. And walking across the river. I mean, it's it's fucking weird, man. Just across the river, like yes, walking like on walking, water. No, like oh, just in the it's water. Not Jesus. Well, that's <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, that would explain why they the squat. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Why the squash can get away so quickly? <laughs> That's how big big feet talk. Big feet. <laughs> oh my god! Would it be big feet or bigfoot? Big, big. Uh, It'd be bigfoots in this regard, wouldn't it? Guys, it is fucking yeah, nine bigfoots. forty. I want out of this podcast. It's, no, it's fine. Stop. it's fine. Shut up. It's fine. Bigfoots. <sighs> yeah, big pretty foots. sure. Okay. There's only go, one of them. Go, go watch Michael. Watch it. Watch the video. Are you mean to watch it right now? No, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, no. Yeah. Right I, now. I got to. I got to tag him in it. My computer's super slow. Did you right tag now. me in it? No, I'm he tagged me in it. God. Did you do Jesus it yet? Christ. Did you do it yet? No. Do we have any chips? <laughs> Please. Please, for the love of God, get Brad some chips. Anything, Matt. Dude, I can only do one thing at a time right here, all right? I can either what's, fucking what's, tag what's him keyword, or I can get your high ass some fucking chips. Most recent. What's a, what's a, what's a, what's a. <laughs> I just tagged him in it, man. I didn't even, it wouldn't even let me tag you. What the fuck shit. is happening? 
You tag me in it? Dude, <laughs> we're not doing this right now. I will tag you later. We're not doing it right now. Get all, We got to get out of here, Michael. It is fucking 940, man. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll watch it later. Anyway, let me know what you think. It's fucking weird, man. All right. Just let... just. Well, you just let yourself go. Let the ego go, man. And just fucking believe <laughs> oh, in this shit. Don't. No, fucking no, no, don't. Fine. Just let it go. Fucking don't. It's a, it's an ego thing to be the guy that's like, oh, I can't fucking it's like. It's an ego There's thing. no way this is any real. <laughs> just, just let yourself go. <laughs> God damn, man. Seriously. You don't have to be. It's 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 toxic masculine bullshit. It's not. It's <laughs> none of those fucking it things. Is. Just you're just saying you're just pulling <laughs> shit out of your own ass. Just it let is none of those. Just things. let yourself go. <sighs> Embrace your inner child and just go. Bigfoot's real. Why not? Why not? I can more believe in Bigfoot than fucking Javier thinking he lives ten years in the Why? future. That's more realistic though. Multiverse I mean, wait, you believe in the multiverse, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't you? You don't think there could be multiple universes yes, stacked can. on top of one another? Sure. I'm in one right now. <laughs> the one I don't want to be in. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Uh, I pulled it up. I, I fucking it. tagged you. It's just I'm the ego. Hi, you got to let it go. <laughs> it's got nothing to fucking do with the ego, you dumb shit. All right, let me see. <laughs> He's watching it. Okay. <laughs> Dude, this is fantastic podcasting. <laughs> My- Oh yeah, that's Bigfoot. Michael dude. looks like he's watching the. It looks like fuck, a, Michael looks like he's watching the fucking Bruder. It, like it looks like a fucking bur- uh, furry dude. It looks like a. It looks like a guy wearing a fucking costume. But you, how do you know? It fucking looks like it. How? But you don't know. Stop it. Just stop this shit. Just, okay. just in, have some joy and some wonder. I have plenty of joy, and my joy would be when you guys fucking get out of my house tonight. <laughs> God damn it, I want off this. It is fucking 940. We've I want to go to bed. later before. I want to go to bed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You don't have to work tomorrow. No. Well, then just I'm going to have like 20 teenagers in my goddamn house. Yeah, you're, not get, you're not getting lucky tonight. It's fine. <laughs> There's 20 teenagers here. Well, they're not in my bedroom. Oh, oh God. You're going to be that couple. Like Later, they talk about, hey, Elijah, did you know we can hear your parents fucking a few years ago? It was disgusting. Your dad, your dad sounded like he had asthma. Yeah. Dear Mumshot, come across the room and kill yeah. my Siamese fighting fish. Threw off the pH levels in my aquarium. Right, you, well, I'm getting ready to talk about Derek Webb. Derek Webb's coming on our podcast for reasons we can't understand. For like the fifth time, man. Yeah, who knows? God why. damn. Is that the most? Is that? It's, I know he and Hillary no, are I really think Br- close. I think Brandon. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon probably is. <clears throat> Brandon is by far, but yeah. Of all like our non-friend. Like non-local. Non-local. Yeah. yeah. Derek is at, at the top, yeah. Yeah, so it's be he and Hillary. Yeah, he, he's here to talk about uh, the Jesus hypothesis, a product, a pro- project he's working on. Patreon.com slash Derek Webb. Um, we're going to talk about it. Uh, it's a, it's his next. Album. Always a great conversation. Um, man. It's yeah. fun. 
it's it's a good good time. They're so. literally some of my favorite interviews that we've ever done. Are his episodes Absolutely. because he just it's yeah. easy. It's easy. It's easy. Yep. It's an easy. It's, it's like easy just sitting there. It's just sitting around with a friend is what it feels like. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so here is our conversation with Derek Webb. Derek Webb, <laughs> how's it going, man? It's going great. It's We're live see, with Derek Webb. It's good to see you guys. It's good to see you too, man. It's been it's been a while. Uh, I don't even what was targets. Tar- was targets yeah. the last time? Yeah, you well. guys were so good to talk to me about targets. Um, that poor little quiet little record that. Came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you being sarcastic? Was I, it? Wh- well, no. It was. It was obviously a very loud record, but but no, I'm not. It, it's so funny how like every other record or so people seem to have time for and will listen to and pay attention and have something to say about. And then you, and then just, you'll do all these things you did the same way. And then nobody seems to know it happened. Huh. And, I, and I feel like targets is going to be one of the, it was, again, it was like an important record for me. They're all, oh, I loved it. Yeah. But it I, felt, I felt literally like just, I sold the car that um, I had that album in and literally took it out. Like this is the first time I'd actually taken it out of my car because <laughs> I was selling the car and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I can't well, lose that's this. Kind of you, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like a, felt like a little bit of a sleeper. But it, dude, probably though, it's because the thing came out. It's there's a lot of reasons, and none of none of them are the things we're here to discuss. But it was like pushed because I got new management, and they wanted more time to prepare, and it was done like during a summer and I should have just released it then and I waited and so it felt like it had been forever and then the and then COVID happened yeah. and I was yeah. literally just about to start touring it and never was able to tour it and so it just kind of felt like well you know I mean it's there it's out it happened and now it's you know you you, you know you you move on or whatever but um but I was super grateful uh, always I'm super grateful for you guys willingness to have me on and I, it's fun to talk to you guys and so thanks for talking about that we for we look forward again. to it and, and we should mention that we this is a delayed conversation we we bailed on you uh mm. when our friend steve passed away and Man. so thank I'm you so for being sorry. gracious of, oh. of you know us rearranging everything absolutely and, gosh i'm so, so sorry again yeah thank you so we are so we're pumped to talk about the the new project you've got and yeah. obviously we don't know track by track and that's intentional we i mean we're doing this as you're making the record well, it gives us another reason to have him on later it, it's called the yes we'll do a, a <laughs> actual album. Yeah. yes yeah. um <laughs> but it's called the jesus hypothesis yeah. so for my first question i just wanted to ask should we open with prayer <laughs> we, can. <laughs> we can okay uh, I'm open to it, you know. I'm no, open to it. I mean, now that you've come back to the heart of worship, Derek, we can, we, yeah, uh, we can try and see how it feels. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the that's the whole point. Yeah. Okay, dear, dear Void also, or whoever. We, before we get into those questions, are you drinking a Michelob Ultra? Oh yeah. Are you uh, watching that girlish figure, not, there, buddy? Yeah, the, the, it's the workout beer. Not only a Mick Ultra, <laughs> but the one with the Infusions. lime. With the uh, lime in and it. pear cactus. Bro, wow. let me tell. I mean, I don't mean to offend anybody, but I'm not a beer drinker. And so this is basically like an adult soda. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how we drink that's these fair. In, in this house. Because you can yeah. drink three or four of them and you're not even. Yeah. It's like yeah. drinking O'Doul's. I mean, there's Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyways, it's refreshing. So, it's delightful. It's a summer beer. <laughs> so we've had you on and we very, very seldomly do we ask you got you questions. Oh. But here, here comes one. This is our first one in like five episodes. Let's do so, it. So, uh, I want to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. Uh, whenever I think of uh, of someone who has more or less left the faith and then later returns, 
I always always think of the of the uh, Proverbs twenty six eleven. Oh, and it's uh, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool, <laughs> so fools repeat their folly. So, and, and I don't want to compare this rich tradition with vomit, uh, but here we are. Why? You know, what? What? What has prompted this project? Are you backsliding fits. on your backsliding? Exactly. How, how's your heart? Exactly. <laughs> let's get deep, Derek. It's like right to the think of it as a '90s accountability group, Derek. That, that intro could be the whole show. Okay. <laughs> and, and it's worth the cost of admission. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if the shoe fits, as they say, yeah. and uh, I, I like a good metaphor. But um, no, I think what it is for me is, you know, so I spent, you know, I spent 30 something years mm-hmm. in the church and uh, studying evangelical Christianity and practicing that and uh, caring a lot about it and surrounded by it and arguably a professional uh you know it was like part of my vocation or whatever mm-hmm. i was like yeah. a professional christian for many years apparently and um and it's like you don't um you don't just stop caring about a thing yeah um and and th- this great i found this great i was reading this book and found this great quote just a few days ago that was um uh just because the explanation for something dies doesn't mean the experience of it dies. Yeah. And Oh, you put that out today on was it Instagram? Y- I saw yeah, it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I really like I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah. And it's like and and so I think for me, um, I've seen a lot of people go through whatever you want to call it. I mean I, I, I've kind of grown to kinda I'm tired a little bit of the word deconstruction yeah. because yeah. Yeah. it's like you ask 10 people what it means, you get 10 different definitions and that means we should stop using the word because it doesn't mean anything yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, but you know, just that whole, I, people know it's a shorthand people, your, your people certainly know what we mean when we say it, but it's just that whole kind of audit of all of the presumptions that we have about the way the world works and what's behind reality and invisible, unknowable things, um, invisible like God, unknowable like the future. And so, a lot of my friends, a lot of people who I've talked to who have gone through this, this audit, um, this deconstruction process, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like the thing that, that uh, I feel like I was saying and really meant when I was kind of newly into or newly out of that thing um, is you kind of feel like, well, now I'm just kind of open. I'm open to, I want to hear, uh, I want to study, I want to read, I want to hear other people's experiences. I want to try some new things on and see how they feel. I want to... Um, but I think that what goes without saying often, unfortunately, is that you're open to anything other than the thing that you've just <laughs> left. You've just left. Yep, and, yep, um, yep. and I have, I know myself to be a really extreme personality. I have a really extreme personality. I do almost nothing in moderation. <laughs> and uh, so like, I just, in other words, I decide how much pizza I'm going to eat when I choose the size of the pizza. <laughs> That's really and good. Yeah. How many Michelob Ultras you're gonna drink? Yeah, whether I bought the six or the twelve or the twenty-four, for God's sake, it all adds up to four percent. It's all the exactly. So, but the point being that um, you know, I, I know that I'm prone to this, and I didn't want to do this. I I, I didn't want to have some canned experience like this, and I I didn't want to just do the predictable. I'm also very contrary, and so my first thought was like. You know, there are a lot of things uh, that I bring with me from my years, decades of uh, evangelical Christian practice that I still find very meaningful. 
Yeah. And the way I worded that earlier on in the experience was that God doesn't get everything in the divorce. The way I feel more about it now is that um, maybe I didn't, in my deconstruction, go far enough. Mm. Uh, maybe I didn't get specific enough. Because what I'm now finding, and, and kind of was the thing that lit the fuse on the whole kind of Jesus hypothesis project, was I need to be open to the idea that maybe it was just my particular, what I was pressing on it, and the grid through which specifically, theologically, that I was looking at it, that maybe needed to be, or maybe continues, still needs to be deconstructed. Because I would have um, friends uh, who I'd have conversations with about spiritual things, and um, they would they would laugh because whenever we would start talking about Christianity, and I would kind of shift into that gear, which I can't help but do. Yeah. The the God who I describe, or the God that I would I would be reacting to, or somehow backhandedly defending in our conversation, was the God of let's say reformed Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is my experience. I mean, that's my tradition. That's I was I was Presbyterian for for many years, and I certainly studied uh, more kind of Reformed theology stuff. That that's that that is the the version of it that intellectually made the most sense to me for many years, and that's what I studied. And so my understanding of God, the Bible, all of that is still very Reformed in its viewpoint. And I started to realize that maybe that needed addressing. Yeah. Even just so I could have better, more open, honest conversations with my friends about Christianity, because um, they would always tell me, I, I hate categories. Um, I think they're, they're pretty useless most of the time. That, and, and so, but but I, I still thought this was funny that my friends would say, I would never consider myself an atheist or an agnostic or anything. I, again, I hate categories. Um, they're not helpful. But... Um, uh, they're, they're reductionistic, and but uh, but I, ha- I would have my friends. But for the sake of this quote, I'll allow it. Uh, they would say, "You know, you're like a reformed agnostic because, like, <laughs> you seem to not have a dog in the fight. But then, as soon as you start talking about Christianity, you go full. You know, you're, you're all the way back in this one lane again." And I thought, you know what? Like, that probably deserves my attention. Like, I, I should probably maybe I didn't get surgical enough with my deconstruction, and maybe I might find that it was my particular viewpoint on it that was a lot of what was holding me back from really maybe looking at it fresh just to see if there really is anything meaningful or uh, about it. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't sure I could do that going back to it the same way I've always looked at it. Because, for instance, I've never allowed myself, because the re- Reformed theology is very, it's a very conservative school of theology, it is. Mm-hmm. And I've never allowed myself, I've always bristled really bad whenever somebody starts bringing up um, inerrancy or, (laughs) I mean, and what I mean is I've always had a very high view of the Bible. Um, In my Christianity, I had a very high view of scripture. And so I would, I I did see it as inerrant and and God inspired. And and I had a high view of the canon and the process by which the canon was determined and a lot of faith in all the men who made those decisions and things like that. And I thought, you know what, like, I'm not going to be able to really genuinely look at this and really see it for anything if I'm not able to go back to it without some of the burden that I put on it because Mm -hmm. of my particular viewpoint. So what if I was to let that go? All right, what else can I let go? And I started just kind of saying, just throwing a lot of things in that barrel and finding that, you know what, there are actually a lot of things very meaningful and 
potentially things I want to absolutely bring with me and, and bring forward in my spiritual practice going forward that might even look a lot like Christianity. You know, I want to be open to that, but I needed to, to really surgically deconstruct all of that in order to do it. And so that's a lot of, was my coming back to it to say, you know what, maybe I was actually, maybe the problem wasn't that I deconstructed, it's that I didn't deconstruct far enough. Yeah. Um, or, or, the, or the right things. Like I, 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 and so that's a lot of what, kind of lit the fuse on it or whatever. Yeah. We probably need to cover what we're talking about. So can you, mm. can, can you um, kind of explain uh, <laughs> sure, sure. the Jesus hypothesis, the thought behind it, and yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of what that looks like? Yeah. Well, so the Jesus hypothesis is just my new project. It's the new record. When I, when I go to express myself, it comes out as songs and records, and I'm a musician. That's what I do. And so Jesus hypothesis is the new record, and it's basically um, there was a point you know, several years ago when I decided, um, you know, what I don't want to do is trade one kind of fundamental fundamentalism for another fundamentalism. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I hate that. Or hate is a very strong word. That's why for myself, I've never been able to relate to atheism or agnosticism maybe, but not atheism because it feels like I'm saying that I'm certain in the other direction when I, yeah. Yeah. When I wasn't It's certain. a fundamentalism either way. It is. It's reverse fundamentalism. And so I didn't want to go that way. And um, so what I decided also is that I actually didn't love the word belief a lot either because, um, and you know, I'm, an, I'm, a word, I'm, a, I'm a writer, so words matter a lot to me. And, I, and whenever I would use the word belief, it seemed to carry this heavy weight and this, often the word belief will bring with it a, a, a confirmation and conclusion bias. And it's like suddenly the stakes get high when, I'm, when it's my beliefs that we're dealing with. And I was like, you know what? I don't know that I have because people would ask me. So where are you then? You know, and what, where, what, what's, you know, what, what is it? Like when you, what, what is the grid through which you're now looking at the world? If it's categorize not, it for me, please. If it's not Christianity anymore, and that's a fair question. And so, I would say, well, you know, I think maybe I don't believe currently anything. I don't think there's anything that I put the weight of the word belief on, but for reasons uh, that I that I just said and more. But, but what I do like um, more than belief is. What if, what if rather than beliefs, I just tr maybe maybe what if we could have hypotheses that we test in real time, all the time, and 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 maybe whatever spirituality or spiritual practice that I might have going forward, will not ever I'll never treat like I have treated typically treated beliefs so much as you know I'm gonna hypothesize I'm gonna I want I want data coming in all the time, mm -hmm. uh, both in, both you know intellectual scholastic data plus experiential data. I want all the data coming in all the time, and I want to make real-time decisions about whether or not this is plausible, if it's persuasive, if it's meaningful. And, um, and I actually think that's a fine way to practice Christianity, even, for people. Mm -hmm, yeah. And I think a lot of people probably do. I'm not saying that people don't. I'm just saying, for me, this was a bit of a revelation to say, I want to keep all this very low to the ground going forward. I don't want to build some big belief system up just to have it topple again, like I'm exhausted of the deconstruction and the reconstruction yeah. and the deconstruction yep. and the reconstruction. Let's just stop constructing. Just stop <laughs> constructing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to believe stuff anymore. I want to hypothesize. And for all I know, I'll stay on a, you know, on a, on a road of hypothesis all the way to the end and maybe hypothesize about a, a, a select few things that I find persuasive and continue to test. But like, if we're not continuing to test, if we're not open to new information, if we're not, then, then, I, then we really run the risk of setting ourselves up for that eventual big deconstruction moment. Yep. Because if you're not coming into new information, you're not open to 
changing your mind or reconsidering, then it's not an honest practice really over time that you're in, um, in my opinion. And so I think it's a really healthy and a good thing to say at any moment, I could pull this whole thing down, this whole thing could derail at any moment, but I'm going to continue to test it. I'm going to be critical in my thinking about it, but I'm going to lean forward in my hope about it, and that's the hypothesis that I'm casting, and then I'm going to just see what happens, and I'm going to see how it feels. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to do, and, um, and it's yielding very interesting results. So the new record, since, since um, I'm hypothesizing, as I said, what I thought would be interesting is rather to go away as I would normally do and write the songs and, and, and then bring them all, whatever. I thought, you know, what if I did all of this in a very transparent way, um, but in a way that was emotionally and creatively safe for me to do? Mm-hmm. And so what I decided, and you guys know this because you guys have a community of folks who most deeply resonate with what you guys do, and, and you guys uh, have created a way for them to, a relationship that you guys can have that's mutually, mutually beneficial, where mm-hmm. they get a lot of great access to you and, and more stuff that you guys make, and they support you in a way that's sustainable for you, um, and I and uh, and I have found that same uh, process works really well for me. And so that's for me that's on Patreon. I think you guys use the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I decided I already had my my patron thing kind of up and running, but I decided you know what, maybe I will. And I've never done this before. Never in 30, 25 years of writing songs for my job have I ever done anything remotely like this. Um, I've always been extremely private in my songwriting. Not my wife, not my closest friends hear any song until I have just obsessed over every bit of punctuation and every, and every conjunction until I know that it is absolutely done. And I thought, well, what if um, in a way that, again, as I said, creatively and emotionally safe for me, what if just for my patrons, I literally set up cameras in my studio and from... The ver- from no songs, sitting down to talk it out, conceptualize it, then start writing it, then record it, and then deliver it and release it. What if I just live stream that entire thing and just let my f- patrons and whoever wishes to, who wants to come and be on, on it, come and literally just watch me do it and just l- watch the whole thing unfold. They will have a better perspective on what it is be- by the time it's done than I will have because I will have no objectivity. <laughs> They'll see where I'm going probably before I will. I have no idea what, where it's going to go, what I'm going to make, what it's going to say about me and what I believe. And, um, but that's what I have begun. I am three songs in and about 12 hours of live writing sessions in the can that people have watched and they're archived. People can go back and watch them. And, um, you know, and it's actually been amazing and fascinating so far. Um, so that's what I'm doing and that's what it is. That's what G's hypothesis is. So what, what has that experience been with like the listeners there? Like, um, what, what level of involvement involvement do they have? None. So okay. far. <laughs> it has been, it has been entirely rhetorical up to this point. And I, at the beginning of every live, uh, live writing session, I, I say this, that listen, during the writing process, just because this is my first time to ever wade into these waters of being really vulnerable, deeply vulnerable with my creative uh, process, where I'm literally commentating my way through every stage of the writing and I'm doing my entire writing practice that I would normally do in private. Um, so I'm like literally got like my phone plugged in where I bring my phone up on the screen and, and go through uh, all my voice notes I've recorded for the last two years to listen to all those bits for lyrics and music and I bring my computer screen up and have all my write, songwriting notes and I've never uh, done it so I'm... And so what I've told people is the writing section of it 
is going to be rhetorical. I'm not going I want you guys commenting. I want you guys talking to each other. I'm doing it all private YouTube, um, you know, uh, links and, but I am not looking at any of the comments. I'm going to look at all of them later, but I don't, the, the, the creative process is so much about <laughs> blocking out around all the voices in your head and yeah. not letting anything inform. Just pull your ribs apart as far as you can. Let everything just fall out. And then whatever problems that creates for you in terms of what came out, that's a problem for future me. But right now, real-time me has got to be brave enough to let all that come out and to get it out vulnerably and honestly. And, and I kind of don't want to know even if they love it. Because I, I, if somebody says, oh, that's really cool, that's a great line, I don't want to know. Because now I don't want to be like, ooh, they liked that. And, you know, a little dopamine hit. And so I'm like trying to figure out how to write more stuff they like. Uh-oh. I don't want it. Um, it's, yeah. I'm, I've got enough to deal with the, with the uh, voices in my own head, knowing what's going to sell, knowing what people are definitely not going to like, knowing what I, – I've got to push all that back. So I think once I get into the recording process, which will start up in the next month or two once the songs are written, uh, I have told people, and it will be really fun, to have their comments up where I can – hear what they like because I mean that would be fun like oh you like that beat or whatever or that's a cool sound or that's a cool guitar part you know I think it'll be more fun to be a little more responsive then but right now I've told people like talk to each other but I, I can't <laughs> needs I cannot, more needs more cowbell I cannot listen exactly <laughs> <laughs> so are you are you working on it other times as well or are you just recording all of the times that you're working on I'm it? trying really hard to really save everything for the live stream the live stream okay. sessions and and, and, and what I told people is I can't help but uh, – what the, the way – I can't help but write in the off sure. time because my mind is just preoccupied with it all the right. time. Yeah. And at times when um, – uh, especially when I'm driving, when I am showering, and when I'm trying to sleep. Those are the times <laughs> – so when I've got something that I'm trying to do or need to focus on, all my background processing goes it's, – it's like – pulls back and runs and that's when it works on everything. And so I'll get out of the shower with like a whole chorus of a thing and then I'll run straight up here and start a session or whatever. So I try to not do any writing um, or keep the writing really limited and just take lots of tons of notes and bring it all up here, get on camera, get live and then say, okay, here's everything I, here's everything I did. Here's all the voice notes I recorded. Here's all the stuff I typed out. Let's get into it and let's see where it goes. So I've been trying to hold it off with a, sessions i mean is it a little weird for you i mean it's it's a little bit truman show-esque like does it feel like for (laughs) you brother Derek webb yeah that's right a big brother (laughs) Derek webb can we get a live cam in the bathroom please exactly Exactly. but i do my best writing on the john um i I mean what what is it like i mean i would think for for such a private thing as songwriting and all that like i would think that would be super strange right i mean to to bring everybody into this right well, so now imagine Truman Show, but if he had set it up and done it to himself on purpose, what a narcissist. <laughs> uh, so that's, so that's yeah, me, right. basically, in this equation. But, so, uh, so big brother narcissist. Then. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but, but no, it's actually been the first few sessions, and I, my therapist years ago taught me to, uh, if you have strong feelings that, that are, you have apprehension, just state those at the beginning. And so I went into my first session saying, okay, here are my, everybody, here are my fears. My fears are that I'm going to come here and try to do this and the doing of it this way. I love the idea when I came up with it. I was like, oh my God, I got to try that. But I don't know that it's not going to totally sabotage the whole process because right. I've never done it like this before. So I'm confessing those fears now. And But let's give it a shot and let's see how it goes. And um, miraculously, it's actually felt really natural and there have been tremendous unforeseen benefits of it. 
the main couple are, that as I'm uh, writing and working on the songs on camera, in order to make it interesting for people, um, so I have like several cameras in the room. The one I'm talking to you now is kind of my performance view, but I have another wider shot of the couch with all my, my stuff that I work, uh, all my, my, my stuff here on the table. And, but when I'm gonna like, okay, I'm ready to run through a thing, I wanna play through a chorus and verse, then I'll switch to this view and I've got my mic right here and I'll play it and then I'll switch back to here. And um, what I'm finding is that as I'm trying to make it interesting and, and make it something worth watching, I'm commentating my way through the whole thing. And there are things that, I, that are coming up in, in the commentating that I think w it all would have been my internal dialogue mm -hmm. if I was writing by myself. It all just would have been things I'm thinking. But instead, I'm trying to just literally, whatever the, the thoughts are, whatever the reasons are of like, well, see, I, so I wrote the line like this, but here are the reasons I'm apprehensive about it because it could be taken this way or that way, and I'm not sure it's got to find enough point on it, and it has to relate to this in such a way. And as I'm talking it through, because I'm a verbal processor, and so it's really helpful. I think it's making the songs so much better because I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be sitting in here by myself writing, talking out all my reasoning to myself. And so the fact that I'm doing that is actually really benefiting the writing because um, every, all, everything is so much more intentionally thought out than it would be if all that was in my head. And mm. second, because there is an expectation that I'm going to be doing this, because it's, you know, it's part of, if you come and, you, and, you, and you're a patron, then there's an expectation that I'm going to be doing these fairly often, and it's part of what you're, what you're expecting. And so I, I want to, uh, you know, always uh, over-deliver to my patrons if I can. And so normally, if I was to finish a song or, or get a bunch of work done and feel pretty good about myself, I would, I would typically reward myself by not thinking about it for like two weeks, mm -hmm. like totally not working. Because, and that's like my stupid um, kind of rhythm. And, uh, and it winds up making the creative process take so much longer, but it doesn't matter because no one's expecting anything. Normally yeah. when you're writing a record, nobody knows you're doing it. Right. Yeah. It's a very private thing. But now it's like I finish a song and, and I can't go more than a couple of days without another session just because I want to I wanna be kind of cranking these things out for people and I want them to stay interested. So I want to be a regular part of their week. And um, so it's actually gotten the momentum going because I sit up here and do this much more frequently than I would be doing if I was totally just on my own up here. And so it's so far just dramatically benefiting the creative process in ways that I was not expecting. So it's had like the total opposite effect. I was really nervous going in, but it's been fantastic so far. So uh, can, I want to go back just a, just a little bit to the concept of the record, the Jesus hypothesis, because you did, you did fingers crossed. We talked to you about that. Yeah. And that was a really heavy was. sort of breakup with God album for lack of a better term. Yeah. And and then I remember talking to you about targets and, you know, you saying you went through this, this, you know, this period of this heavy, you know, promoting fingers crossed and touring it and doing the house shows. And it was such a heavy thing. And I think you said something along the lines of you, you kind of got done moping and, Absolutely. and like, and, and targets sort of speaks to that. Like it's, it's a, it's a fun, it's a live, yeah. lively yeah, record. Joy. It's, it's rock. Yeah, yeah. It's loud. It's rock. It almost, I remember when this pro, you mentioned this project, the first, like the first day you mentioned on, on social media, my immediate thought was, "Oh, this is like a trilogy. <laughs> this is almost like a trilogy of like That's like cool. this is the this is like the next step in whatever Derek is doing in Derek's mind, yeah, and whatever's going on in his life. This is like whatever that next step is. And I was really I'm I'm super excited to hear what comes out of it, just because of 
what fingers crossed was and what targets was and what this seems like almost the natural evolution. Yeah. That means the, so much to me to have you say that. I re, and, and I, re, I appreciate, I appreciate you caring so much and spending time with the records to have opinions about them in that way. It really means a ton to me. And, and, and that's interesting to hear you say it. Um, and it does, it is kind of how it feels. And, and the way I would, the, the way I would, what I would add to that is to say that it felt like fingers crossed was definitely an extreme. Mm hmm. Yeah. And because there were a lot of it was a re, it was the, it was the the document and the result of some really hard years, mm -hmm. um, and so it was a, as you said it was a really heavy mm -hmm. um, record and and it definitely swung one way and then I yep. feel like targets exactly as you said was kind of the pendulum at needing to swing back the other way kind of extremely and I remember saying about that record that it was kind of a defiantly joyous or joyously yes. defiant kind of yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. And, because it was just I was done grieving, and I, I was, and I felt like I'd kind of put my time in, and I was, I, mm -hmm. I, I was finished. Like I, fin I came to the end of it, and I was ready to find some joy. Like I'd taken a lot of, turned a lot of corners in my life, got remarried, you know, found deep love and connection and and joy in my life there, and and was finding kind of my legs again, and my voice and my perspective again, and as a writer, and was was really wanting to kind of lean into that a little bit, and so the targets thing was like. As as quiet and 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 uh, heavy as fingers crossed was, I wanted targets to be as light and loud the other way, mm -hmm. but it was definitely like another extreme, which tends to be my personality. So now Jesus <laughs> hypothesis feels like it's the maturity that comes after those two seasons. Yep, yep 100%. it feels like it's kind of the pendulum. I'm looking for some equilibrium. I'm looking for some balance. I'm looking <laughs> for something to that I can really maturely go forward with now and yeah. say like, all right. There's things about all this that I think could be valuable, and I don't think that I was, I I, I don't want to go. I, I, where I'm going to wind up is not as extreme over here as just throwing everything out, and it's not going to be as extreme over here as just saying there's there's no grief and there's no going back because there is going back. You do need to go back, and there's more to say. the 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 title track for of the record is going to be the first song on the record, the Jesus Hypothesis. And the first line in the song, which was the first line I wrote for the whole record, was, uh, to my great surprise, I've got a few more words for you. And, <laughs> and that's kind of how it started, you know, yeah. is like, you know what? Like, I do. Like, the, like I, I need to go back. I need to, I, now from a place of strength and stability, and, and uh, I need to go back and maybe reprocess some of that yep. without the weight and the burden of all the grief and deconstruction. Just go back and look at it. And and see what we can take with us going forward, and so that's like a lot of what it is. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just musically putting out there the maturity of of years of experience of where, you know, especially in the deconstruction audit process. I like yep. audit better than yep. deconstruction. Yep. Of just you know, we all three have swung both directions. Yes, and and, and what we found in, in the later years, especially probably in the last five years since we've been doing this yeah. thing. Is is trying to find that that middle space we can kind of swing back and forth in, yeah. Like, absolutely. And I feel like I do. I don't feel like there's a set place where I land. It's just I kind of swing back and forth in between. Like, you know, my humidor has like a sixty-five to eighty percent range of humidity that they want you in, and so I just sort of swing in between that. I mean, that's yeah. it's basically what it is. Yeah. And I think the mature person is the one who sort of okay, I did the extreme thing. Now let's find that happy yeah. that happy yeah. middle. Yeah. Well, I think Richard Rohr talks about um, the wisdom pattern being. Uh, order, disorder, reorder. Yes. And you yep. can use different language for that. And I that's, like I kind of like disorder almost more than deconstruction, but like, cause it, yeah. you know, with, with fingers crossed, 
I remember I remember when we interviewed you, I remember asking you, like, I remember the first, or telling you the first time I listened to it, I was like, is, is Derek okay? Like, <laughs> holy shit, man. Like, and, and can, the, somebody, can, answer, can somebody, going, Derek's can, going through can some somebody shit, call him? Like, have <laughs> yeah. we checked on him? Or, yeah. And the and, answer at that time was no, Derek was not okay. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I've noticed, I remember you saying with that record, like, you're like, listen, like, I, as an artist, my entire job is to document where I am. Look at the world like, and describe it. You look at the world. That's how you put it. Look at mm-hmm. the world and describe it. Yeah. As I see it right now. Yeah, that it. was how you saw it right now or right then. That's all you can do. Yeah. And and <laughs> I've noticed an interesting phenomenon. It, when I go through my more masochistic phases, I decide to read the comments on some of your Facebook posts. <laughs> <laughs> so Same. I've noticed an interesting thing is like, you know, when, when and I know you've noticed it too because you're gracious enough to comment to them much nicer than I probably would have. Uh, mine would be shorter if you go fuck yourself. Um, but like, I have those moments. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you say that and then you type out like a nice thing. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, when Fingers Crossed came out, you in that that record really alienated, I think, a lot of your sort of older fan base yeah. of the evangelical world. Yeah. They were saying, you know, fuck that. Well, fudge this guy, probably. Um, He's going to hell. Like, yeah. w- like they sort of jettisoned you like, well, this is Derek's an atheist now, blah, blah, blah. And like, and, and I remember you saying with that record, you're like, you know, goodbye for now. I put for now. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I remember you telling us like, I don't know what the future has in right. store. I have no clue. Right. And now I've, I've noticed comments on like, some of the, like the people that sort of were drawn in by that record are now going, oh God, Derek's a Christian. Again. Like, <laughs> that so like my, that means I'm doing my job. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because it seems like people only want you to they don't really want you to talk about what you're going through. They want you to mirror what they're feeling. Yeah, that's insightful. And I think that's right. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, can you talk about like, I mean, do you ever give that a, a thought or is it more of just like, I have to, it's, you remind me a little bit of Dylan in that he would go through, yeah, I know he would go, you know, he went through all these different sort of like phases in his musical career. Yeah, yeah. And I remember for a long time thinking, oh, it's just, you know, he was just saying, fuck you to his audience. I'm going to put out a country record or I'm going to put, and I don't think that's actually what he was doing. No, I look and I go. No, that's just where he was at then. Like, yes. yeah. I, I'm friends with Johnny Cash. I'll put out a Nashville Skyline, and exactly. it's a fucking kick-ass record. Yes, and then I'll be, a, I'll go through it. I'm sort of exploring Christianity, and then it was. Yes. I mean, exactly. he has gone through sort of all these, and you, you remind me of that, in that you're just like, I have to be honest. Yeah. With where I am right this second. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Can you talk about that process a little yeah. bit? Yes. And and and. So, so that's right. Like, so for me, what people have to remember, or they don't have to, but what, what the truth of it is that this is my, I mean, you know, people, um, if they follow, you know, a little bit and they, the records come out every so often and they listen to them and maybe they haven't heard one in a while and then they come and they catch up, like, that's fine. And that's, that's, that's the experience most people have with most artists and most albums and that's fine. But what I'm doing over here on my end of it is like, it's my life. Like it's my actual yeah. life that yeah. this mm-hmm. is like, this isn't just my job. It's, this is my actual life uh, from my perspective. And so I'm documenting as I go. I'm, I'm a professional autobiographer in a, in a, in a, in yeah. a real sense. And so, um, but what's interesting. So yes, I am always, I must actually, um, 
uh, trust my instincts when it comes to the, the, the job description, as, I've, as, as we've said already, that I look at the world, I describe it. I mean, that, that is the job. I take it really seriously. I try to do it really vulnerably, and I try to do it in a way that, that doesn't worry about the fact that two years from now, I will be a completely different man right. and I will potentially in no way relate to the songs that I'm writing today yep. yeah. mm -hmm. and that I will be writing more songs then and that's what will make it okay. And that's like you just continue to just give the real time as you go and don't worry about what's behind you. Um, you can always just, you know, uh, uh, but that said, um, what's interesting is ever since, uh, fingers crossed, there was, a, there was a lot of things for me creatively just, I don't know, I don't know, in my personality, I don't know what it was, but a lot of things changed for me in that time, and I don't know why, and I don't know exactly when, but there's like a real corner that I feel like I, I came around. Once I figured a way through those hard seasons to writing and to finally making a record and writing those songs and coming out with that record and getting that out there, um, there was, there's something about the response that I got to that I mean, you guys know we've talked about this. That you know, one of the things, one of the little ancillary pieces of content that was that came out of the Fingers Crossed record was the uh, Airing of Grief podcast. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, and usually with with most of my records, there's a little a little a little second you know shock of something that kind of comes out just after, and it's either like a tour or a little or or a piece of doc a docu documentary thing or a, another little piece of work or an EP or there, there's usually a something that follows. And for me, for, or for fingers crossed, it was, uh, the airing of grief podcast. And the reason we did that and the reason that was so meaningful to me was that, and I, and I've said this to you before on this podcast is that most people's response to fingers crossed was not their own, uh, was not their uh, reaction to my songs and do they like them or do they not like them? And it was, people were, uh, instinctively sharing with me, or just in general, their experiences with Christianity and yep. with the church and with hard seasons and with complicated uh, seasons, and um, and they were telling their stories. And and I immediately realized, um, and I, and I think this was happening, and it's still happening. But I think there was it was really happening around that time, 2017, 2016, where it felt like there were more, and you guys are a huge part of this, uh, there were more and more spaces being created and mm -hmm. held for people to come and safely tell their stories. Yep. Yeah. Um, who had been through hard and complex seasons with the church and their own maybe faith and whatever it is, um, spirituality. And so I realized um, uh, through that podcast and through a lot of conversations, hundreds of hours really of conversations that I had with people for that podcast, just holding a space for them to tell their stories. Just, to, just, uh, I realized that um, kind of a new thing in my creativity of um, typically over many, many years, songwriting has been like the most selfish thing that I do. Like it's, it's the most private and, and insular and selfish. It's like me trying to creatively find my way out of a complex emotional situation. And so I'm writing a song, but it changed after fingers crossed and it became, Oh, like people are listening to this. I don't know why it took me so long. Maybe, you know, every artist already knew this, but I learned it, you know, 25 years in or whatever, but 20, 20 years in people are listening to this music and it's, 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 it seems to be making them feel 
less alone. It's making yeah. them yeah. feel less isolated um, and abandoned in their experiences because they realize that they're not the only ones because they're hearing me articulate the very thing that they have mm -hmm. felt. Right. And, and I always knew that in the hypothetical about art. I knew that was the, the power of it. And I thought I was doing it, but I wasn't. Or, or I wasn't doing it so intentionally. And so once I saw that, I was like, oh, well now that will never not be part of mm -hmm. what I'm doing in a consideration. Mm -hmm. And I remember going into Targets thinking, okay, so reconstruction or defiant joy or end of grief or whatever that energy was, what language, it's like what, it's like what I consider the job to be of a worship leader in a church or a hymn writer. Uh, the, the job is to, is to uh, provide language for people to confess things they wish to believe. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. that is what, that's what a hymn writer or a worship leader who curates music for a congregation to sing. It's their job to provide language for this group of people to confess things they wish to believe. And suddenly I was like, oh, that's part of my job actually. And it's part that I willingly accept is like what language do people need who have gone through deconstruction but are tired and are ready to have some joy and some spark and some positivity and just some energy shift. What language do those people need and, and do I need? Um, and that went into a lot of the writing on that record and it's, it's at the forefront of the songs that I'm working on for Jesus Hypothesis is like, not only what am I feeling, and obviously that, I can't avoid that, but there is a real, there's an additional layer sure. that, I'm, that I'm really enjoying that's a new thing for me in the last few years of um, what is the language that I want to help provide for people who are going to deeply resonate yep. for whom this will be soundtrack for their lives also and what language do they need and how can I help provide it and so that's a real consideration for me and so, sounds like ministry Derek so, uh, ironically <laughs> I mean do you do you feel a burden by that I mean do you feel burdened by that at times I, I don't I think I don't think I feel burdened by it um, because I do think it, it has surprised me that it feels natural to my wiring that okay. I, I care like, yeah. and, and I, and I have always, since I was a kid, um, identified myself more with the, the, the folks who are out of step, who are, because like, so all growing up now we're really getting into the, into the, like, the psychology of it now, but all growing up, I never really felt like I fit in in a lot of uh, in a lot of uh, circumstances in a lot of seasons of life. I I didn't. I, I you know all through school I was uh, I was not uh, good at sports. I was not good at academics. I was not good with girls. Social stuff. I was short. I I I never felt like I fit in. I didn't have a lot of friends. I I I felt like I was on the fringes most of my early life. I didn't have a lot of friends and I didn't, and I wasn't good at anything that was being measured during mm -hmm. any of those years. I, I, I started playing music when I was very young. I, started, I had guitar, but that was not a thing that was anybody saw any real value in when I was a kid. Right. Only I knew that it was something meaningful to me, but it wasn't earning me anything uh, socially. And so even once I, like around high school, I got into bands and finally found some friends and finally kind of found a strength in music and that became like a thing that I could, as an, it was part of my identity and it was a thing that gave me some confidence and it, and, and it was great and, I, and I've, I've blocked out around it and, and um, taken it really seriously and worked hard at it for that reason. It's the only thing I'm really truly good at. It's like the one thing I'm really good at. And, um, but you can't shake 
the way you see yourself in early life. It's really hard to, to yeah. get free of that, yeah. even if your experience later in life is very different. And so even after like 10 years in Cademans and whatever little success I've had in music and, and, um, and, and the fact that I've been able to make a job uh, tenaciously out of this for 25 years or so, I still, and I remember like Cademans or when I was early in my solo career and I'd play for you know bigger rooms of people, I would always find and identify and feel akin with the people who seemed to not feel like they fit in with the, the group that was there. <laughs> and, and I would always, I remember in Cademans, I would see those kids and I would always like, I mean, I would talk to whoever, but I would always kind of go after them because I was like, man, they don't, maybe they don't see me like that anymore or in this circumstance, but that's who, that's how I see myself. Yeah. And I've always felt like that. I've always felt like that outsider or that kind of out of step or, and so that's, that's part of how I, I, it's part of my internal self-identity, and I can't really get free of it. And so for that reason, I feel like I'm always making soundtrack for the outsider a little bit. Sure. But, and, and for people who feel like they're out of step mm-hmm. and don't fit in. And that's, because that's me. That's how I see myself. Um, and so that is also a permanent fingerprint that I'm going to put on my stuff, you know. And yeah. uh, anyway, so, um, you know, so it's, so again, it's not a, a burden so much as, I, f- I have a real heart for people who I see and identify with, even if they don't understand why I do. Mm. Um, I, I do. I see them. And I'm like, uh, and there are certain groups, especially through this whole deconstruction, whatever process, that I've seen that I've really deeply identified with and had a real heart for and been like, I want to help and I want to provide some relief and some, um, I want you to know you're not alone. I, I, because I, I, I know how that feels. And I want you to know that you're not. And, and um, if what I'm doing can help, I wish for it to. So it's the opposite of a burden for me. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, in order to keep my uh, top fan status on the Derek Webb Facebook page, which I do, I legitimately am a top fan on Facebook. It's a thing. I checked. Um, so I want to, I want to um, read you lyrics from your new project uh, and ask you a question in the form of lyrics from an old Derek Webb song. Oh, um, let's so, do that. Yes. Okay. So um, the lyric is, and, and it's subject to change, as we know. And one thing I want to say about what you're doing right now, this is the most present, like album you put out because with targets like you mentioned it's it's uh you had it for you were sitting on it for so long i was and, and so when it came out it had been it'd been in the can for like what almost a year yeah 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 so so this is like r- real live what you're going through now anyway sidetrack yep. all right so here's the lyric from uh i don't even know what the song's titled but we're gonna we're gonna read it so maybe black sheep are not lost oh they're just pioneers brave enough to wander off and find what's past our fears. So we've always viewed you as a pioneer since you called yourself a whore. Um, (laughs) And that's, that's real. Like we have always seen you as that. Um, So what ultimately is the role of a black sheep in the context of Christendom? Are, are we prodigals with no way home? Yes. It's great. (laughs) Great question. Thank you for that. Um, and so that, so, th- so that's a lyric from the title track from, uh, it's the beginning of the second verse of the Jesus hypothesis. And it's, uh, yeah, the, maybe black sheep aren't lost. They're, they're just pioneers, you know? And, and I think that something about those lines came to me when I was thinking about, um, uh, j- uh th- this whole process. And I was trying to think like, you know, every single, uh, all the heroes of 
the faith, if you go back and look, um, and especially the more modern heroes of the faith, the faith arguably, were always seen as nuts initially. They were yeah. they always looked crazy because it was always a challenge to the status quo. So you look at, I mean, let's go. I mean, go all the way. All the prophets were all were. I mean, were they looked crazy uh, almost without exception. Um, Jesus clearly was seen, I mean, he was such a disruptor to the status quo. I mean, he literally came in talking about a kingdom that was completely upside down of the expectations of, the, of uh, his people at that time and, and was equally disruptive to the governmental system um, at that time in the first century. Um, and that, but you look at John the Baptist, total, you know, he was seen as a total coup. You look at like, and, and then you fast forward. Now, you, you might not, we can, we, you know, you can have, and you should have strong feelings about a guy like Martin Luther, but if you really think about it, he was, uh, he's the father of Protestantism. Yeah. Um, uh, if you are a, a Christian and you're not Roman Catholic, then Luther is the father of that particular branch for you, because if not for him, we we might all be Roman Catholic and they're, you know, and, and, and I actually don't have, I'm, and that's not even a, any criticism of Roman Catholicism. I've studied it and I, and I have a lot of respect for it. I think there's some beautiful, meaningful things there. Um, but the point that I'm making is as a character in the story, Luther, who thought he was just trying to be a good Catholic boy, he, it was the church that he loved and he saw corruption in it. And he, he thought we're better than this. And he, he was looking ahead to the church's glory. And, and he said, and he went, you know, it, with that, that zealous kind of motivation, he went to nail up his 95 theses on the Wittenberg door, and he was seen as a, he was trying to reform the church, and the church, yep. the church would not reform, and so he transitioned from a, a reformer into a Protestant to protesting the church that would not reform, and they wanted to kill him, they excommunicated him, um, they anathematized him at that point, you know, and, uh, and suddenly he was, you know, um, out the door, and so he was seen as a total crazy heretic, black sheep, and yet he was the father of modern Protestantism. And then you go even further. Now let's fast forward a lot, and I think of people who either I read or admire or know personally, and you guys, uh, all three of those, with some of these people too. But you think about guys like Richard Rohr. Yep. Uh, you think about guys like you know, I mean, the big ones are going to be like him or Brian McLaren or Rob Bell or you know these guys who are seen as some by some people. Um, you know, they have these reputations of being these kind of crazy, unpredictable, unorthodox, maybe heretical guys. But what if they're just ahead of the curve? Like, yep. what if they, right. like, what if they're just the pioneers willing to go a little further than our fears go to go see what's there and to come back and, and pull and yeah, arc absolutely. us towards the, cause here's the thing, you guys, like every crazy moment, every, every pivotal moment in the church's history it's it's hard because it is a challenge to the status quo, and it's it is initially seen as crazy. But the thing is, every one of these people who've been empowered or arguably anointed or called to these moments and to this work, and as part of this continuum that we're now on, why do we think that we are fundamentally different than these all of these? some of them now at least seen as great men. Like you think of, uh, you know, the, the, the great, not to harp on the Reformation, but the great battle cry of the Reformation after Luther and all these people who came after him basically came in and said, we, we want this corruption out of the church. We want, you know, we want to move forward in, in, in all these ways. And, uh, and, um, and they rightly said, 
um, one of their great battle cries was Semper Reformanda, was always reforming, ever reforming, always go forward reforming. Their whole thing was, even if we get some of this right in the moment, don't nail this thing down in stone and then this become a new thing to have to protest against right. later. Yep. Go on digging up the soil constantly. Reform, always continue reforming. Don't perpetually reform. And yet, who are the modern reformers? Who are they? Yeah. I would argue they were people. that there are people like Rohr and McLaren and Bell and my friends here in Nashville, the progressive church pastors who are willing to stake their reputations on radically welcoming people that has their that has their reputations ruined, which is a lot of the ways that I believe Jesus took on the sins of the people in his culture was he bore the social consequences of the people mm. he hung out with. He was yeah. willing to get into their trouble yep. um, yeah. and take that on himself in a very real, immediately consequential way. And so like, that's the whole thing is like, that's that's the opportunity that we have to step into that prophetic or reforming kind of role is like why do we think we're different than the men who framed the canon why do we think we're different than people like like uh luther or i mean any of these people who you know took these tight corners and pulled the thing towards in the way that it needed to go at that at that time and place like you know we can be those people like we should be we should be continuing to call into question and 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 dispatch with things that just don't belong. And we should be looking at it fresh. We should be saying there are some things that we used to believe that we used to think were right and true, but now we know are not and are and are yeah. actually uh, uh, corrupt and are. Uh, um, we just have are realizing just don't belong, and we need to be willing to leave those things behind. And yeah. and that's dangerous work, but it's like it's the work of the crazy heretic, probably reformers who go on to be <laughs> the, the heroes and the, yeah, you know sure. of the faith or whatever. And so that's what it is to me. Is yeah, there's like, nothing yeah. noble about being static. No, and I no. think that's what we all grew up with in the church is like. The, the, no, the quote, the noble guys and the people were the ones that stayed the faith. They didn't question. They had their doctrine down. They had apologetics all the way down. They could teach it, you know, yeah. backwards and forwards. It's like there's nothing. They didn't get out of the boat. There's nothing noble about that, like right. at all. I mean, you didn't leave. I mean, to use Alexander Campbell, like you never left the fucking village, man. Right. Like, right. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. noble and, and so heroic many, about and that. And so many people criticize Peter, for instance, you know, in, in the in the... The story of the of the uh, you know of the 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 sea the, the the Jesus walking on the water and it's like you can criticize him for his lack of faith and the fact that he sank and all that but he was the only one out of the fucking right boat. like yes. he's the only one <laughs> yes you'll be spectators criticizing that's us in the boat watching yeah. and criticizing yeah. him for again he looked he, who who looked crazy in that scenario Peter yes. he got up and, and got out of the boat into the raging sea you know he's not supernatural or whatever. But he was the pioneer in that moment. He yeah. was the crazy heretic who got out of the boat. And he, yeah, he didn't, you know, apparently his faith was whatever it was. And, but then that's the only, that's what gets you the hand that reaches down, that pulls you. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's where, that's where you have the experience that yeah. takes you somewhere and teaches you something. And that's where I want to be, man. I want to be out of the boat in the water, you yeah. know? And yep. uh, um, so that's kind of where we're, that's where we're headed, you know? That shit will preach. Yeah. <laughs> Should we get to that listener question? So, That's a really good question. Yeah, I want to. Let's do that one. I have one more serious one, and then I have some goofy ones. So let's. 
I don't want to keep you much longer, but no. we're, we got a few questions Let's we definitely that. want to hit. Yeah, we had a, a, a person just wrote this in to ask you. Um, they said, uh, long story short, they, this person left Christianity uh, quite a while ago, left the mm-hmm. church and Christianity. He said, long story short, I feel absolutely no need to reexamine my faith. Would you say that this is a mistake, or should I be more open to the idea? What a great question, and thanks for asking it. And I would say, I mean... I honestly think that this sort of thing, it, it's, it, there's so many factors to it, and I think it's going to be a very deeply personal thing. And I think if there's a point at which, um, like there's a lot of people who come out of abusive situations that don't realize that they thought they got free of it only to realize that they're still caught in it because of unprocessed uh, grief or fear of the the abuser and mm-hmm. um, or that they avoid certain things because it's can be very triggering for them and I think that that's a that's a that's a wise thing to avoid those things but after a while you have to say well is there still some control that this thing has over me if it has me constantly triggered and avoiding certain things is there a point at which when I feel strong enough and I have the support system around me and I feel like I feel as though I can do it in a safe way in a constructive way that maybe I go and face those triggers head on to be ultimately free of whatever feeling is on the other side of, like, I don't want to be controlled by anything. I don't want to feel as though I can't go to certain places or hear certain things, and there might be a point at which you feel ready, but may, and maybe you never will. Honestly, maybe you never will. May, maybe that will never be a thing for you that comes up that you're like, you know what, I think that, that d- deserves maybe on the other side of health now and safety and some just time Maybe that's a thing I should re-examine just mm-hmm. to make sure I'm not, there's no, there were no babies in that bathwater. Mm-hmm. And, um, but if you don't feel that way, if you never feel that way, or if, it, if you don't for a long time feel that way, I don't think there's anything good about rushing into unsafe territory. Yep, and, yep absolutely. Um, so for me, I finally, and it did take years, and a lot of support, and a lot of, a lot of hard therapy, and a lot of work, and... Um, for me to get to a place where I was like, you know, I'm ready to go back in. I'm ready to go and examine it again. I'm ready to go and open up a Bible again and try to find some fresh perspective to look at this. Because mm-hmm. I do think it's important. And I, and I can't deny that it is the dominant, it's one of the dominant narratives of all civilization is yeah. uh, the, the story of this Jewish man in the first century who it was incredibly disruptive to his, his time and place and culture and had these lasting ripples and repercussions. And I, I don't want to miss something about that. Yep. There's something meaningful there. And so there was a point for me where I was like, okay, I want, I, I'm ready. I think I'm ready to go back. Yeah. And I, I feel safe to do it. I'm, I feel ready to do it. And if you hit that point, I would encourage you to do it. If you feel like, you know, I think it might be important for me to go and untangle. Now that I've, I, I've, I've been thrown safely from it and my wounds are healed, I think I can go back and start to kind of pick at some of those other knots and pull those threads and just see what's really going on there and not be a slave to something that I'm in fear of it, there might be a, a moment you feel compelled to face those fears. And if you don't, then I support you 100%. But if you do, I would encourage you to, to get some structure around you and some safety and then maybe take, you know, dip a toe back into it and see. You know? yeah. All right, so there is a, there's another project that we have been skipping over that we, I, I feel 
uh, well, let me get into the question. So earlier this year, you released a project on Patreon featuring songs from the late, great Rich Mullins. Rich Mullins, yeah. Uh, his last record uh, was released posthumously um, and was called The Jesus Record. Jesus Record. Is there any connectivity from you going from Targets to covering Rich Mullins, The Jesus Record, yeah. into the, uh, the Jesus Hypothesis? I think that's a very insightful question. I love. I, I just love that... You know, man, you do this job long enough, and you're just so grateful that anybody's paying attention to anything, <laughs> uh, that, 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 that any of this stuff makes it out far enough for anybody to even hear about it. And so I'm super grateful that you that you heard about that project. It was something I did only for patrons, and uh, there's a whole story of kind of why, I, how I found my way around my way around to doing a, a, a covers EP of Rich Mullins songs. Obviously, he's been a huge influence on me, and yeah. he's a, he's a tremendous songwriter and you want to talk about a black sheep turned pioneer. Yeah. You know, I mean, Rich Mullins, absolutely those shoes fit. And, um, and I've always been really compelled by his writing. And, I, and um, so uh, I think it started by maybe during the, during the lockdown, I, I did a, a ton of uh, uh, online shows and tried to get really good at that if I could. And, and um, was looking for all kinds of different themes for shows and fun things to, make those feel fresh and and i started doing cover shows where i would do a bunch of songs from a certain artist and i did a rich mullins one where i played all rich mullins songs and it was really fun and and that turned into a project that i started for patrons called the songs that made me yeah and that is a series rich the rich ep was the first and i'm gonna once g's hypothesis is over and i'm back in my normal rhythm of patron um content i'm gonna go back and continue to do more of these eps but where i just basically Take an artist who has been a huge influence, choose three, four, five, six of their songs that I really love, and and do acoustic reinterpretations and a cover e a cover EP. Um, so the first one was the songs that made me Rich Mullins. I'm gonna do a Dylan one. I'm gonna do a U2 one. I'm gonna do an Indigo Girls one. I'm gonna do an Arcade Fire one. I'm gonna do a bunch of them. I'm really excited about doing them actually. Nice. And th- they'll usually proceed with a a show where I do a bunch of covers of that artist. I've done a U2. Uh, online show where I did a ton. I did, in fact, I did two of them um, where I played a bunch of their songs. And um, so when I did that, and I kind of opened myself up to and then spent a lot of time with some of these Rich Mullins songs, um, songs like Peace, songs like We're Not As Strong As We Think We Are, songs like, uh, uh, just uh, so many songs that, and his perspective and his honesty and his vulnerability was so inspiring to me. And something about sitting in those songs, not just performing them, but recording them because when you record a song, you spend a lot more time with it because, you know, you I, I would have to sing through the whole song, five five ten times to get the vocal, you know, and to, um, and so I'm, I spent a lot of time singing those songs and I, I really did. I found myself it it really honestly I've got Rich Mullins to thank because it did it kind of softened me up to like having spent some time with that language, trying it on, see how it feels. And I really deeply resonated and had a lot of surprising emotion connected still with a lot of those songs, a lot of that perspective, a lot of that content. And it did kind of pull me back. And at that time, it's like I found myself just tell, I did a couple of podcast episodes, which I do exclusively for patrons, um, telling a lot of stories that I have with Rich during, with my time with him. And, and, um, and it got me kind of, fo- just fell down the rabbit hole again, like on YouTube probably, just watching clips of him. <laughs> And just thought, you know what, man? There was something that he, there was something about. I trust like something about his, his vulnerability and his honesty, yep. and it, and it did make me want to like, man, it, 
if there is an experience with this, with Christianity, with Jesus, let's say, if there's an experience with this that he clearly had and clearly was a major effect on his life and, um, and, and he's a guy who I knew a little bit and whose, whose story I do trust and, I, and I'm compelled by it. And it'd be, it's hard not to when you see the guy. Yeah. Um, it's like, man, I don't want to miss I don't want to miss that. I, I don't yeah. want to. And I, and I, and part of me is like, you know what? I think did I, did was it just my version? I so it, the, the second, uh, song that I've completed for Jesus hypothesis, uh, that the patrons have as I'm complete, as I'm writing the songs and finishing them in, in front of my patrons, I then am doing, um, studio demos of each one and releasing them to my patrons as well. So they'll have the acoustic version of the record finished before I'm even, really done nearly done recording it for the for, awesome. for the for the album but the second song i wrote is a song called uh some gods deserve atheists mm -hmm. and um it's a song very much about the idea that you know what like uh, uh john shell uh, john shelby spong who is a, a writer who i've mm -hmm. become mm -hmm. very infatuated with and yep. i'm really in love with blowing my mind right now if this guy can be as critical of and yet so in love with the jesus narrative as he can be God knows there might be some space for me to be uh, still a Christian too. And uh, but he 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 said in the inter in introduction of his book uh, Jesus for the Non-Religious, what I which I would recommend anybody read, whether you are atheist, agnostic, Christian, Baptist, Presbyterian, Jesus for the Non-Religious by John Shelby Spong. You should read it. Um, it it's it will be good for you, no matter no matter where you are. And he says, if your God can be killed, he should be killed. Um, <laughs> and I absolutely agree. Yeah. And um, so this this uh, this song, um, some gods deserve atheists, was basically me trying to say, you know what? Like maybe my the God who is made up of everything that maybe I got wrong deserves a cross mm -hmm. in order that I can find the real God that is only to be found when the false God is gone. Mm -hmm. And um, that is also part of this process. And I think Rich Mullins and his vulnerability and his songs. And that experience of that EP and recording it uh, absolutely warmed me up to this idea of wanting to spend time thinking and looking again at the person of Jesus. Like yeah. I, I need yeah. to get to the bottom of it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. awesome. All right, so here's some some. Th I got three goofy questions. Um, so here we go. Number one, you posted Sunday that you sat in with the worship band. What was it like? Are you are you coming back to the heart of worship? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did say at one point that I, I could sing of his love forever. And, well, you could uh, sing. You could. And forever is a long time. Yeah, but, yeah. Only, but only till launch. I mean, you yeah. got to get It's a Christian of, yeah. song that beat, never ends. You got to beat so, the Baptist to Golden that's right, Corral. That's right. What a genius lyric that was. Because that, that song, with, with the right, man, with the right strategy and chord and, and key changes, it really can go on just forever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, boy, I saw them in concert and God did it. Yes. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah. Did, yeah. did it did it feel like uh, uh and uh, did it feel like you were coming back to something and, okay. and I don't mean that like okay. facetiously but yep. did it did it like did okay. it feel healing in any way? Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you something that um that uh, I, I'm so I'm on just on the brink of of announcing. I mean I don't I don't presume that there's like press ready to assemble somewhere to hear <laughs> these announcements that I'm going to make or whatever. Don't, you don't know our it's influence, It's a quadrilogy. Derek. The fourth one is a worship album. I'm, I'm not trying to, to, to have delusions of grandeur, but I am very soon going to announce a thing that is really exciting to me and that will give the answer to your question, and this will be the first time I'm, I'm uh, saying it publicly, 
And that is that the circumstances, it is true, Sunday, I did sit in with the worship team. Um, and it was really fascinating. And it was, it was, it was great, actually. Yeah. But here are the circumstances. So there is a, this is, a, this is about a year in the making. And uh, it's just, the timing of it could not be more perfect and ironic, especially with my last few years and now with this the Jesus Hypothesis Project. But um, so I befriended or was befriended by a, uh, a pastor here in Nashville uh, named Josh Scott. Um, tremendous guy, tremendous heart, uh, cr- tremendous mind on this guy. And um, he's the pastor of a church here in town called Grace Point uh, Church. And heard of it. Yeah, it's one of a few churches in Nashville that is really, truly progressive. And what I mean by that is they are radically welcoming they, they, they just walk a tightrope to hold space for everybody, regardless of what your story is, where, where you are with the audit, the deconstruction, where you are with anything. I mean, if, if you, they, they are such good and welcoming and justice-seeking people, and I, just, I was a big fan of his, big fan of Grace Points. Josh and I started meeting regularly, just hanging out, struck up a friendship, and, and the long story short, I have uh, just just recently accepted a uh, music is still going to always be my primary thing. It's my main creative work, but I have actually accepted a position uh, on staff at Grace Point Church. Uh, my official title is that I'll be the director of content and curation, helping the, both the worship team and Josh with content and with writing some original music and curating music, and also working uh, on on the overall kind of content strategy with Josh. My unofficial title is Thomas in Residence. Um, and so I uh, was there. Um, it was my first official Sunday. They announced me on staff uh, this past Sunday. We're announcing it kind of publicly on social media and whatnot um, this week or end of this week or whatever. But, um, and I couldn't be more thrilled. I always felt deep down like I would eventually ha- have some role uh, with a church. I, I always wondered if I would. I just did not suspect it would be um, five or so years after uh, m- m- no longer identifying as a Christian. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it's just a tremendous place, and I, I, I want to be any wind in their sails that I can be. Sure. Um, and uh, so, it's re- so it's really cool. So I, uh, I don't know that m- a, a permanent part of my role is going to be uh, helping lead music on Sundays, it'll be more of a behind-the-scenes role. But occasionally, I will. So, um, and if you That's do live awesome. in Nashville, you should check out Grace Point because um, it, they really see themselves as kind of the very last stop before people are all the way, you know, out. Yeah, or yeah. maybe the first step back in. And uh, so, they're a tremendous group of people, and that was the circumstances. We and do have quite a, a few of those in Nashville. It's amazing. So, so that's yeah. awesome. That's cool, man. All right. Um, well, that was a goofy question, but it ended up being really, really <laughs> ah, awesome. I derailed so, your funny I, question. That's all right. All right. Um, so recently, you got into Survivor. Uh, mm. How many seasons have you? How many seasons have you seen? Uh, what's your favorite season? Favorite player? Oh. And would you ever do it? Oh, oh! I love all these questions. I should really pull my wife up here because uh, my wife. Feel Abby, free if she's busy. Yeah, she's not busy. My, my wife Abby Parker is uh, actually. No, uh, 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 babe, are you here? Can you come up? Oh yes. yes. Yeah, I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna get her to come up. We're getting a cameo. That's awesome. Because yeah, she should really be part of. She should really be part of this. Um, because so my wife Abby Parker, she's in a band called I Am They. They're amazing. She's a musician as well. 
fantastic musician. So, so she is the one who got me into Survivor. I, I, I thought what most people probably think about Survivor. Um, do you mind? Do you mind? Can you? Yeah. Can you come and so here's <laughs> here's my wife Abby. Hi. Uh, okay, so Hi Abby. Be able to hear. I don't know how we'll do this. That's cute though. Uh, okay. okay, so <laughs> we can both hear. Um, so, my, so my wife Abby um, was a huge, huge Survivor fan, and she got me into it. I did not realize what an absolute tour de force of oh, yeah. strategy. <laughs> 40, I mean, 40, 40 seasons of strategy, the evolution of strategy. And it's so good. It's, it's, it's our favorite show. We're going to watch one shortly. And baby, how many seasons have we watched? We've probably watched 15. Maybe 15 <laughs> oh seasons. And, but we're going to watch. I mean, we are you going all over the place or is there a, are you curating okay. which ones he watches? Okay. This is why I brought her up. <laughs> There was one in particular around. that I knew he would love because it has a character named Russell. Russell Hans. Russell Hans, yeah. Um, a bit of a sociopath. Oh, for and, not even a bit, all the way. And crazy, the perfect yeah. place to start in order to get hooked on this show. Is it, babe, is that 19? Yes. That's season 19. That's where we started. And after that... I was hooked, dude. Season 19, I was done. After that, we watched the other Russell episodes. And then from there, we are both fives. And so more data is crucial for us Great. in yes. our yes. fives, both process. Of us. So we found a list of um, the order of the top Survivor episodes, uh, seasons. Yes. Um, but, but by rating with no spoilers. Be sure to put in no spoilers when you search it, though. Yeah. Okay. And so we are systematically working our way through that list. Yep. That's so awesome. So, babe, do you, know, do you remember what season we're in right now? We're in China. We're okay. Right yeah. We're watching. Yeah. Michael has seen all of them. Uh, I've seen all of them. All yeah. of them. Oh I listen to yeah. Rob has a podcast, which is Rob Sesternino <laughs> from. Yeah, we've, uh, we've listened to It's some. so good. <laughs> okay. I need to tell you really quickly there is this is the best. a young woman who is in the Christian music industry now. Her name is Baylor Wilson. Oh, yeah. I, I know who Baylor is. <laughs> you know who she is. Okay. Yeah. I was in a green room with her in Orlando, and I did not even get the courage up to talk to her and ask her about her survivor experience. So, Derek and I have it in our master plan to invite her over for a co write, and then we are one step closer to Jeff Probst becoming our best friend. Yes. Which is I love it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. As a married couple. Uh, oh, do, do you, okay, so. Uh, Man, I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're in it now. Yeah, you've, you've, you've opened Pandora's box okay. and she ain't so, going back in. Uh, do you have a, a, a favorite season? Um, gosh, 40. 40 without a Yeah, for, oh. I have to. It's completely the you best. You said something on this podcast it, about it being said, the best. 40 yes. is the best. It is. It's the culmination of all the strategy, the, the evolution. The only problem with 40 is that it was, it was a, a spoiled wealth because there were way too many great yep. players that went out really early. You knew yep. all the big dogs were going to get picked off in the beginning. Yep. They were they were sitting ducks. One of my favorite moves ever, though, was Sandra saying, like, I'm out. You know, yep. she, went, she went to that island and she was like, I don't know. No, I'm this. done. The she queen left. Queen. She had already. She's like, I don't need another like million dollars. She's like a multi-millionaire. You know? yep. That was the most baller move. Of yep. The whole it's, it, it is the best season. Um, and I'll warn people, if you watch 40, though, it's also going to potentially spoil. It's going to spoil everything. Other seasons because it's thirty nine. Because, yeah. because it's all previous winners, and so you're going to know that yep. these people. Yeah. Anyways, it's right. it's the it's the the final the, the the it's the best, and I'm really excited for the next season because they've got oh, so uh, diversity casting casting through CBS, so uh, it's going to have at least fifty percent uh, BIPOC people, which is oh, just that. oh, it's so good. But no, they've already started. Lay on the couch they've already started with Big Brother as well, so it, it's it, it's it's a different it's a it's a different strategy. It's That's so, so great. Cool. Oh, 
Michael's met Michael's met Rupert. I have met Rupert. I've met Rupert several times. He's from Indianapolis, so he's like a half hour from us. Rupert came. Yeah. yeah, Rupert came down and did free comic book day, so I've got a signed picture of from <laughs> we, Rupert. We have this really small comic book shop, and he came down. Michael, didn't you say he just? Oh, reeked? he looked like he had worked. He looked like he just got off Survivor. Is what it looked like. He smelled like he just got. Like, nicest guy, super friendly. He ran yeah. for governor. He ran for governor against of Mike Indiana Pence. against Mike Pence. Yeah, turns out Rupert probably would have been a better governor. Yeah, than yeah. Mike. you can go back and watch the debate of Rupert versus I'm Mike sure Pence. Indiana would have legalized real fast. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh fast. yeah. Oh yeah. That'd have been executive order on God, day we one. Need to, we need to hit up Rupert. We need to try to get him on the pod. You guys okay. are awesome. Thanks for letting me. Uh, Thanks, Thanks Abby. Abby. Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I don't think we have. I, I, I surely we don't have time for this, but I feel like I have to. I have to. If, if, can, you, can you just indulge me one yes, more? Yes. Uh, of course. <laughs> okay. I have to show you something. Um, I have to show you something. So I have to show you what my sweet wife got me for my birthday. I have to show you this. You're not going to believe it. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Okay. Wait. Let me find it. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. This is what my wife got me for my birthday. Um, here. Wait. Uh, I'm going to put it, I'm going to, I don't know if you, you won't really be able to see it, but I want to make sure you can hear it. Okay. Um, okay. Let me crank up my volume. Here we go. Okay. Oh, wait. I'm from Survivor. Wait, wait, wait. It's a camera. This is Tyson from Survivor and I'm here on behalf of your wife, Abby. (laughs) Hi, Abby. And I'm here, Derek, to wish you a happy birthday. That's, That's so awesome. incredible. Now, if that wasn't enough, I posted about this, which of course I had to. Right. I, to- I told you, I warned you this was going to, it was going to no, take a minute. It's, it's, it's fine. It's totally fine. I, po- I posted about it. And one of my, some, one of my uh, people on Facebook was like, he, he, he said, oh man, um, I, I actually, in my job, I go around with, Tyson and some of the other survivor guys when they do their poker tournaments. Oh yeah. And so I and so then he sent me, are you ready? He sent me this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, hey Derek. This is uh, Tyson Drew. That's true. You remember Derek Cliff? He came here for his birthday? Yes, yeah, you yeah, remember yeah. Derek 
Where, have, you have you listened to his music yet? Wedding dress. Wedding dress. Give us the wedding dress. And we'll, I'll find more for you. But yeah, he's great. Okay. Mockingbird. It's no, good. I know Derek Webb, though. Oh, hell yeah. He mentions me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Derek is still celebrating your birthday. He's still. There you go. Okay. See you, Derek. See you, dude. That's so awesome. So, so <laughs> let, let me let me share a little fun fact about this podcast. So, uh, the part of the podcast that you're not on, it's actually largely inspired by Tyson Apostles' podcast with Rob Sester Nino called News AF, yes, where we, we tell just weird news stories. We listen to uh, it. Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, so that we we've ripped part of that off for the first part of our, our of our shows. Is, is I don't listen to it anymore because I know I'm going to steal their shit and I <laughs> don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, just, but dude, just the fact that I somehow I exist in Tyson's universe now. Yeah. it's like that's like a, it's like it's a, it opens up a whole new. You know, I don't know. I you know. Anyway. You're living rent free in two, his head two, now. Two, two comments from the from people watching. Michael's discussing Survivor with Derek Webb. Is this real life? And then someone else said, uh, "We're in the multiverse." So, yeah. I, it's just anyway. I mean, we're fanatics. Right. We're fanatics. All right, I'm not, I'm going to save the next question for la, for for next time. No, I'm, I'm so going to do it. Let, let me do it one more time. All right. So, uh, God damn, dude, which, you what is, no, it's what is this the, is what he does. What is this the is. best film in the Back to the Future trilogy? What a and why is it too? How am I supposed to answer that? Okay. And why is it Empire Strikes Back? I would say, <laughs> okay, my, I, mean, I, I don't want to be, uh, it's funny, I, I'm, I'm going to answer this as though I'm talking, as though I'm on a, a Back to the Future uh, Comic-Con panel and like everybody <laughs> knows all the movies and yes, like yes. I do. Um, but I would easily say uh, 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 two, absolutely. Yeah, Back yeah. to the Future 2 is the best, in my opinion, because... They're in three timelines in two, so it's yes. yep. really interesting. Yeah, I they're agree. They're in they're in uh, 1955, 1985, and 2015. So and, and and it all gets mixed up, and it's really a fun movie. The first one's obviously a classic, like yep. all first movies. But interestingly, and this was not the question you asked, uh, Back to Future Three, the one where they go out uh, to 1885 to the old Calvin West, Klein. Calvin Klein. Yep. Is actually t- for me. Interestingly, the most re the, the most rewatchable. That, yeah. that is the one that I put Wait, no, on. I thought his name was Clint Eastwood. <laughs> well, uh, he was oh. Calvin Klein in the first one. Yeah, bad. right. Calvin yeah. Klein. He was Calvin Klein in 1955. He was yeah. Clint yeah. Eastwood in 1885. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, what kind of stupid name is that? <laughs> uh, but, Do you know Elijah Wood was in uh, Back to the Future? Yes, too? he was. He yeah. was. He was the huh. guy who uh, when in you play in, it with your hands. In, yeah, it's like a it's like a children's toy. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's the little kid. The other kid didn't do anything. What about no. that kid? He didn't do anything. And Where's he's got he Elijah at? Wood standing next to him. Yeah, he he's probably an he's, he's probably an orc in the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, Maybe he right. got him in there. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, Derek, uh, we're gonna let you go. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Derek Webb. Is that right? That's it. Yeah. All right, everyone, go subscribe. Watch the process. We'll do Thank it again you, when you have the album. Yeah, this always, is part one. We, we always a pleasure to, to have you, buddy. Have yep. You guys are the best. Thank you so much again for making time for me. All right. Yep. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> now that you've your seat, you can tell us what you think. Squatches are real. I don't care what you're saying. What? Squatches are real. Yeah, who's saying they're not? The I don't know. <laughs> I just say they were real and saying that fucking video is hey, not. But how do you know? How do you, 
How do you know that's not real? I'm not doing this with you. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's real necessarily, but you don't know that it's not real. You don't think in no all of this stars. vast expanse it's, that it's there couldn't be anything? I didn't say that. I'm saying this isn't. How, how do you know? It looks like a fucking Chewbacca costume. <laughs> it doesn't look. It looks like a Chewbacca costume. I can see folds in the fabric. No, you can't. Right here. Fucking he just lost it. a lot of weight real quick. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, my neck looks like a vagina. <laughs> I did the Zoom. <laughs> the subway dial like Janet. Like Janet. <laughs> That's a Mike Myers joint there for you. I buddy. hate Mike Myers. <laughs> What's next? Brad, you got any feedback? Uh, let's see. Davy uh, Celeste is in there somewhere, I'm sure. Oprah Wind Fury 69 at Moles <laughs> underscore TK. What? Oprah, Oprah Wind Fury 69. Wind Fury. Wind Fury. Oh. Oprah Wind Fury 69. Wow. Can you break that down one more time? What? What's up, Lenny? Hi. Hey. Hi, Elijah. Don't go near your parents' room tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the time this thing gets over, she'll be asleep anyway, so it won't matter. <laughs> At Pastor's Podcast, Matthew Broderick's Airbnb review. Lovely time and view. Only food was hashtag oats, apples, and sugar cubes. Oh One out of five stars. He hears a curious neigh from the living room. Maddie offers a cold and vengeful fucking jessica do his reflection on the screen <laughs> what the hell how do we not get any shit for that i don't understand. i can't believe we didn't man i listened back to that and that was cringe uh I, no it wasn't no, i was howling i was in tears yeah. i swear to god <laughs> because it, it just kept going oh all right press like i guess something i'm not gonna say 30 seconds later <laughs> <laughs> It's Michael. He fucking does that to like, me. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> well, I didn't. I wasn't done. Oh, okay. Dave okay. the Explorer. Yeah. Uh, Dave at Dave the Explorer. Hi, Dave. Listen to episode two sixty two and am fully caught up with Pastor's podcast. Yeah. Quote: If you listen to this podcast in its entirety, you're a terrible human being. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag oats, out. apples, and sugar. Cubes. Hey, checks out, man. It checks out. <laughs> That's it. All right. <laughs> Who was this? Well, we Matthew Brothers plays a stable environment. I remember doing hashtags, but I have a few. <laughs> Hashtag Big Brother Derek Webb. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Can I throw away this coleslaw? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag That was in Sarah's vows. <laughs> I don't remember that yeah, one, Michael. I don't think you heard it. I don't even remember what you said. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna laugh ago. about it. When <laughs> yeah, I was eight years it. ago. Hashtag a lot of mushroom cap. <laughs> uh, I put hashtag swampy gator. Uh, I don't really know. What, I feel like that should have been something else. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah. anyway, uh, hashtag the ghost of Dale. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. <R-I-P. laughs> Gone the intimidator. God needed a driver. What? <laughs> what? The hashtag. What do you call the non-golf side? <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I still don't know. What it is. And, then, and then hashtag. <laughs> Native American cowboys and Indians. <laughs> nope, not that one. Ha <laughs> <laughs>
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag hog lard and whiskey. <laughs> hog lard and whiskey for dinner tonight. <laughs> Do I need to read yours? <laughs> nope. Uh, hashtag Gatlinburg of the Bayou. <laughs> hashtag Mild Tingle. I have no, no idea. idea. Hashtag The Ghost of Dale. <laughs> That's kind of a dark horse. <laughs> hashtag Crab Maga. <laughs> Those things I said, I knew it was wrong, but I just had to go with it. Uh, hashtag Ethical Schneef. <laughs> Hashtag Carol Butternut and the Saviors. I, don't, I do not even remember that one. <laughs> what the fuck is that from? I don't have. I have no idea what that's even remotely from. Uh, hashtag Wonderful with Horses. <laughs> hashtag Dennis Chocolate. <laughs> Uh, uh, hashtag who stole your wonder? <laughs> and then hashtag did dad had asthma? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, uh, oh my Man, I'm god! I'm like laughing and yawning. God, if you're not paying five ducks bucks to watch this shit, eat a bag of diarrhea. <laughs> And if you're only paying five bucks, up your pledge to 12 or eat a bag of Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Eat a bag of Oh, my God. Okay, you ready? You done? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, I've got hashtag cax cut. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag shaft and mushroom cap. <laughs> That's it. That's the winner right there. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, hashtag v- voodoo dick. Uh, hashtag sloths sack. It's hard to say. Uh, hashtag ghost of Dale. Ghost of Dale. Hashtag Denny Chocks. <laughs> uh, and then what Brad just said, if you're not paying five, <laughs> if you're not paying five ducks. Is what Did I say du- <laughs> You said if you're not paying five ducks. <laughs> you bag of diarrhea. Oh, God. I don't even care. Diarrhea frosty. <laughs> So it's going to be Native American Cowboys and Indians, right? <laughs> no, nope, no, no, it sure isn't. Boy. I think it's got to be Ghost of Dale. I like Ghost of Dale. Or uh, was Shaft and a Mushroom Cap. Shaft and a Mushroom Cap. <laughs> I like Ghost of Dale. Okay, that's fine. That one kind of stuck out as a dark yeah, horse. it sure did. I'm just imagining uh, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> with Toady from Mario Brothers, Shaft and a Mushroom Cap. <laughs> You gotta make that. You gotta make that meme, man. That's gotta be a gift somewhere. <laughs> Somebody make it. Uh, oh. go, are we doing Ghost of Dale? Yeah. Yeah. Right sure. 
Hell with it. Get us out of here. <laughs> Let me find the button. All right. If you've listened to this episode in its entirety, his sponsors will be the hashtag, hashtag Ghost of Dale. We're on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. At Paul and At MJ Basin. <laughs> We're on Instagram, Inglorious Pastors. We are on ingloriouspastors.com, jizzmuzzle.com, patreon.com slash pastors podcast, patreon.com slash Derek Webb. We're not on there, but go do it. Yep. Um, tip your waiters and waitresses. And, um, you know, I'm really hoping God blesses you this week. <laughs> may, the Lord, may, you, may the Lord bless his favor upon you. Uh, yeah. May you walk in peace and grace. <laughs> what are you doing? May you find the heart of worship. Indeed. May the Lord, <laughs> may the God of wonders create majesty in your life. God, I, I played the I hell out of that song. Wore that song out. Where the end morning. I will celebrate the light. Might be time for some pub covers. When I stumble in the darkness. (laughs) Call your name by night. Gonna scream your name by night. You gotta Mac Powell that shit. God wonders beyond I can see. You are holy. Holy <laughs> universe declares your majesty, Father Holy, Holy Lord of Heaven, enter. Lord of oh my God! Lord of Heaven, enter. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs>